and welcome back to the 18th episode of MMA Wreckage Radio. Guys, we've got a stacked show from top to bottom today, starting off with one of the guys in Cage Wars uh, 41's main event, Isaiah Sakiel, is here to join us. Also, we have Kyle Kaler, Lex McMahon, Muhammad Usman. Guys, it's just an absolutely crazy show. Randall, did I leave anybody out, or did I hit everybody? No, no, you got all, all right. three prospects and then the boss man, Lex. All right, man, I'm doing okay today. I love it. Got myself in the zone, jamming out to some Tale of a Monster before the uh, show started, so maybe that's the new secret to get the, the creative juices flowing here. But to start the show off, guys, we have Isaiah Sakiel here. He is fighting for the welterweight title. The throne arguably should be his already. Um, if you ask, a gen- the general consensus is that he should be the reigning defending welterweight king. Uh, the only reason he is not was due to a weight issue, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, so the, the general consensus is that you should be the welterweight king. Um, with that being said, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's an error on my part. So, you know, I can only blame myself. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, I get the W. That's all that matters. You know, the belt is just kind of like an extra, you know, little, you know, the uh, icing on the cake. But, I mean, everybody saw the fight. Everybody knows who won the fight. Regardless of, you know, if I was two pounds heavy or if I would have been on weight, the result would have been the same. I mean, hats off to uh, Jake Davis, who now just vacated the belt to go pro for taking it. You're still taking the fight. That could have been one of those things where, oh, you know, I don't want to do it. and things, You know what I mean? Like, people get really... Yeah, no, I would I would have understood that 100%. But um, I feel like a lot of times people, you know, they try to put stock in that, and you know, if that, unless you know, unless you know, you have a situation where you know it's ten pounds, where you know your opponent's overweight, it's like two pounds. Like at the end of the day, whenever you know we rehydrate, whenever like that, our true weight is going to be there regardless. So it's not like you know I had an advantage over him. And then to be honest with you, we actually both weighed in the same weight, regardless. Speaking of being a little overweight, your uh, Cage Wars 40 opponent came in a little overweight, which kind of scrapped that fight for you guys. Uh, what was that like mentally, going through everything of the preparations, the full fight camp, and then to go up there and have your opponent be beaten by the scales? You know, it, it's rough because, you know, you get you put the training in, you know, you put all the work in, you go through the uh, the grind of it all. I mean, luckily for me, going to 185 is not like, it's not hard, so it wasn't like, the toughest weight cut ever, so that wasn't like, you know, I was dying or anything like that. But it sucks, and I mean, you know, all respect to Rob, I understand, you know, cutting weight's not an easy thing, so, you know, whatever he had going on in his life, you know, might have made it a little bit more difficult, but those things happen, and I mean, just kind of, you know, the name of the game. It wouldn't be the first time, you know, a fight fell through for me day of, day before, and let's uh, squash some of the rumors. We talked about this a little bit off the air. I mean, obviously, you know, your opponent came in overweight. He was roughly, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to disclose these numbers, but I'm going to anyway. I won't say the source. But, yeah, I heard he was anywhere from 14 to 16 pounds overweight heading into that. Um, so the rumors had it, though, that you were also above weight. Um, you said that's not true. I'd just like to, you know, confirm that here on air for the fans that, that you were on weight. You were ready to go. What was the, uh, it was a 185 title, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he turned yeah, that so into a cruiser I was one, quick. I was, 180, I was 183. I had just finished up in the sauna. Oh, that's got to mm-hmm. suck. 
Hey, you know what? So you get through your whole weight cut to figure out that your opponent couldn't make weight. That's just heart-wrenching. Yeah. And the fact that really now even bigger picture, you could be potentially looking at being the double champion of Cage Wars right now. Yeah. Possibly. Cage Wars 41 could have been two possible double (laughs) champions. That would have been nice. What's the plan here to go get this to, to go out there and, and make sure we get this? Obviously, the, the weight cutting has changed. What are some of the changes you've made to your diet and, and things there? Um, really, what I do is it's more so uh, you know, I eat pretty healthy, you know, year round. So it's just you know lower the portions, and I do a lot of fasting, um, which kind of helps you know cut down the calories, makes it you know where I can still you know I'm not starving, you know, for you know six weeks. So I can eat bigger portions because, you know, I kind of limit my the amount of meals I have throughout the day. Um, that usually works pretty well. And then just up the cardio a little bit. Nothing crazy. Now, how do you see this uh, fight at Cage Wars 41 playing out? Um, You know, I look at him as, you know, he's the same, the same problems as Rob was going to present, but in a smaller package. You know, instead of it being at 185, it's going to be at 170. So it's pretty much the same game plan um, as before. But now I'm just dealing with a guy who's going to be smaller, which works out on my benefit. And how do you see this fight playing out? Um, I'm going to assume that he's going to try to, you know, control me up against the fence, try to go for the takedown pretty early. And I think that kind of like once I shut down a couple, you know, two or three takedowns that I'm going to be able to kind of just take control of the fight and kind of push the pace on him. Is there an official prediction? <laughs> no no official predictions. Never want to jinx myself. Now, you have uh, a history of going in there and knocking people out. He has a history of going in there and choking people out, or submitting them, excuse me. Um, how do you plan on dealing with the, uh, the grappling aspect, and how do you plan on going forward and making sure you leave the judges out of the equation? Um, you know, like I said, one, I think once I kind of establish, uh, that he's not going to be able to take me down, I think pretty much I'm just going to take over the fight. I'm going to say that, you know, I think on the feet, I'm definitely better. I'm probably going to, you know, I'm going to assume that I'm going to have probably a strength advantage over him. So I think if I can control him against the fence and, you know, kind of, you know, shut down his game, that I'll be able to pick him apart. And how is your weight right now? We're about three weeks out. Right now, it's actually pretty good. I'm 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 lower than I usually am. Um, right now, about one eighty seven, one eighty eight. And what steps have you taken to uh, ensure that you make one seventy? Well, so that's the thing. I you know sometimes I've uh I've kind of waited to the last you know to that that week to kind of you know do my cut you know just like oh you know so now it's just kind of like let's see how low I can get to that day to you know, yeah definitely the, the week of the weight cut and then you know. The lower I get, the easier it's going to be. Now, this is another unfortunate long layoff for you, considering, I mean, you, you're, the time in between your fights is not exactly, you know, you don't have very quick turnarounds, unfortunately. And I see, you know, it's mostly luck being against you. Obviously, you wanted to have a quick turnaround, go from 38 to, to 40 and get that title. Um, do we plan on having a more active 2019? Um, you know, honestly, it depends. Um, depends how this fight goes. I might... Depending on how this one goes, I might try to jump back up to um, 185. Because I'll be honest with you guys, going to 170 is not the easiest thing in the world. 
So it's like I wouldn't want to do it back to back to back to back. So, you know, for me, honestly, for me, it's like for me to go 70 and then go 85 and then back to 70, that like kind of hopping back and forth would probably be easier for me because just easier to, you know, keep the weight in check. See, and that was going to be my next question. After you win this title, do you have aspirations to get that 185-pound title? I mean, I'd definitely be interested, too. You know, double champ sounds good, looks good. You know, I would definitely, you know, if the offer was given to me, I wouldn't pass it up. So, obviously, there's a lot of hype behind you. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying you're the next big thing to come out of the area. Uh, there's a lot of people that are already talking about plans for you to go pro and who they think you should fight mm-hmm. and... You're, there's a lot of you know power behind this Isaiah Sacchiel hype train. How do you respond to that? Do you feel any of the pressure from it? No, you know, I'm just taking it one fight at a time. Just I look at the game as, you know, I'm trying to be the best me I can be. It's not about, at this point, you know, it's not about, oh, you know, I want to be the best ever. It's just I know that for myself that if I can come out there and I can perform at my best, that people are going to have a hard time beating me. And it's like, not to, you know, not bragging on myself, but like you guys, even you haven't seen me perform on my best yet. You've probably seen maybe 60, 70% because I'm still, you know, getting comfortable, still, you know, getting my feet wet in there. You know, there's so many things I haven't displayed yet that I can do. I can't wait to see my first Sacchiel fight live. I am so excited. So many people are telling me, you'll fucking see. Wait, it's a whole different thing. You'll see. And I can't wait to see when do you plan on turning pro? Hopefully before the year's over. Um, if not, the beginning of next year. Well, Jake Davis does turn pro. Is that something you'd be interested in running back? Um, maybe depending on you know how I see his, his progression. Um, you know I feel like you know you, you guys saw the fight; it kind of spoke for itself. So, you know, I'll say that, but it's not like something I'm, like, chopping at the bits for. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, the fight spoke for itself. A nice third-round finish to your credit. Now, that Pro-Am card that's happening in September, uh, is, maybe is that the plan? Is that something you'd like to do? Oh, that, 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 that's news to me. I didn't even know about that. So they're, they're doing pros now? They're, they're working, working That's on the it. first one. They're working oh. on it, yeah. So maybe it's a possibility. I didn't know. That's interesting. Is Cage Wars somewhere that you would like to stay? Yeah, you know, Tim treats us really well. You know, it's a nice setup. You know, everybody's always friendly, super helpful. So I mean, I definitely would stick around. Now, how do you go out there and get another knockout? Control the pace. Take my time. You can never rush it. When you start looking for it, that's when you get sloppy. You know, that's when you can get knocked out. So you just got to, you know, take your time, find your openings. I think, you know, if I see any kind of lack in his defense, I think I'll be able to exploit it. And then, you know, it kind of just chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. And then, you know, hopefully it's there. Well, we know what Isaiah Zachiel is like inside the cage, but tell us a little bit what you're like outside the cage outside just regular you know hard-working guy i guess to say i work you know 60 hours a week uh, what do you do i work in a group home for uh, mentally challenged adults oh nice 
Yeah, so um, I work, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, you know, just hoping I'm, you know, just overall, you know, uh, like daily living skills, you know, brushing teeth, showering, feeding yourself, things like that, you know, just, you know, basic life essentials. Is it like um, ARC or UCP or is it different? That? Is it like UCP or the ARC or something like that? Yeah, similar. It's similar to that, yeah. Okay, that's a very, mm -hmm. very difficult field to go into, and uh, we've actually spoke with a few different fighters that have that uh, background, and, you know, hats off to you, because really, it's it's amazing to see the work that you guys do. You're a gentle giant. <laughs> yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> the work that you do is I guess you could say that. amazing. <laughs> it's not easy either, and I can tell you guys right now, somebody has a family member who does it, the money's not the best either. So hats off to you for working your ass off and doing what you do. That's Thank phenomenal. You. And then plus all the work you put in on the gym, man. I mean, yeah. So I mean, like a typical day for me, uh, I get off of work at uh, nine. I get to my strength gym by nine thirty. I'll lift for a couple hours, um, chill out, get some lunch, take a nap, then go back and do, you know, another couple hours of skills work, be a jujitsu, hand pads, wrestling, whatever like that, and then come back, eat dinner, and then back to work. So you work the third shift? Yep. How do you feel? Is that easier on your uh, MMA schedule? Uh, yes, it is. Um, it's harder in terms of, like, getting enough rest, but yeah. in terms of, like, uh, scheduling my uh, training, it's a, a million times easier. And now these championship aspirations, you know, we've kind of talked about it a little bit already. We, let's say best case scenario, you go out there, you win the title. Is there anybody that you want next? Um, no, not, not in particular. Um, to be honest with you, whatever's kind of offered to me, I always kind of, you know, be it good or bad, I always kind of just get a smile on my face. Cause I, always, I always love the chance to be able to fight. Um, and, you know, Tim always has a, he has a pretty good eye of matching up pretty well. Um, with fights that don't get me excited. So, no, there's nobody, at least not right now, that I'm, you know, kind of gunning for. Well, you do have... In the future of Isaiah Sacchio, is it in the 185-pound division or the 170-pound? Uh, right now, I'm going to say both. Um, okay. You know, like in a year or two from now, who knows, you know, because just in terms of, like, physical changes, my body structure and things like that, um, I could end up at 185 permanently. But I think my frame suits 170 better. But we'll see. And to be honest with you, me doing like my own uh, weight cut and things like that right now, it's, I'm probably not doing it the best. You know, it's just kind of me doing like my own study and you know, my own research. So I mean, if I got you know hooked up with like a real nutritionist, you know, I got somebody to actually help me like dial in the way it should be done. It might, you know, 170 might become easy. Do you have a nutritionist that you at least follow? No. Hey, I'm going to hook you uh, up with something off the air. I'm going to talk to you about something off the air. I'm going to hook you up. All right, appreciate it. Right, Randall, go ahead. No, no, I was just, you know, like Mike Dulce is a great guy to look after. Um, the Dulce diet is amazing. I heard a lot of fighters have very good success with them. Yeah. Um, don't ask Mike Dulce, but obviously the Lockhart technique works very well, too. Um, there's a lot of great nutritionists out there you can look up. Like yeah. I, uh, yeah. Ben's going to hook you up with something once we get off the air. But definitely uh, Sam Alvey, that one of the things that he said was make sure you get 
your nutrition down at the very early part of your career. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that you're already concerned about means you're in the right path. Mm-hmm. See, I was actually no. going to give you the same thing that uh, his guys use, the Team Quest guys use. Um, I'm going to shoot you a link via text after we're done recording here. and I'll, It's a program. It's only a couple dollars. I think it's a couple bucks a month. and It's just it's a phenomenal thing. They help you with everything you need. So, All right, awesome. I'll, I'll hook you up with a link to that. But I, I hate to cut the time short here, man. We're running. We got your opponent coming up here. Uh, we got an interview with him that we've got scheduled as well. We've got so much more on the show, guys. This is an absolutely stacked show, and we're just starting it off with one of my favorite guys to interview here. So um, we're going to give you an opportunity to kind of give the love to your sponsors, friends, family, or anybody like that that's helped you in your mixed martial arts journey. All right. So give a shout-out to, you know, my number one training partner always that has been with me since I was 15 years old, John DiLorenzo. He's another 170. He's a monster. Number one training partner. Uh, give a shout-out to my head coach, Gino Terranova, my strength coach, um, Brett Somerville, the guys up at Evolution Grappling, helping with my jiu-jitsu, just everybody who helps, you know, who's part of the process. And is there anything that you'd like to say to your opponent before the uh, before the fight? Um, just good luck, and you know, I'll see you on the fifth. And you know, I hope it's a good fight. And then where can the fans find you at? Uh, I'm really just on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Isaiah J17. Um, I post a lot of good like training clips and things like that. So you know, if anybody wants to get any advice on training, you know, pad work or even strength conditioning stuff, a lot of good stuff on there. Um, that's pretty much the only thing I use right now. Well, hey, man, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to do this interview. We very much appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to this fight, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Sakiel. And we are going to welcome back one of our greatest friends of the podcast. Walid Kandusi is here to recap the last card that we were able to be blessed with over the weekend. Man, a very entertaining card, one in which I lost a bet. But Walid, man... Let's talk about this card. Yeah, brother. It, it was hey, brother. Holy. Yeah, Randall, brother. How are you guys? Doing good, brother. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Ben, are you going to lose your fucking house every time Junior Dos Santos is fighting? Stop betting against him, brother. Stop betting against him. Every time I you can't bet, help you're going to win. I just hate him. I can't help it. And you know this what? is why we love Wally. And you know what really chaps my <laughs> ass even more no is that he got $50,000 to hit him in the heart. <laughs> I, I, I believe he, he, he bet something uh, against you, Randall. Am I right? No, I bet no, against Alvaro. No, he Al bet Baro. a female fighter. Yeah. And the first time he bet against Haley Horde, an amateur yeah. female fighter based out of New York. He lost that fight when Junior Dos Santos beat Taito Ivasa by knockout. He had to get dressed up in drag and get beat up by Haley. Now, this fight, him and Al made a bet, and he thought that Derek Lewis was going to somehow gain yeah. cardio and beat Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. But uh, I guess we all seen what happened on Saturday night. But to start us off, uh, Alex White started the fight, off, the fight night off against Dan Merritt. He beat him by unanimous decision. My gambling uh, the problem. Ne- like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the next fight was quick. Uh, it was a verbal submission. Alex Morano defeated Zach Otto. Dirty, dirty elbows. Did you guys happen to catch that fight? I did, and uh, it just it was it was a, a scientific breakdown that led to a first round finish. 
and I don't think we're going to see the same Zach Otto. How do you come back from that? No, for sure. I mean, like, I was there when he beat Mike Pyle in Mike Pyle's final fight, and he, he looked like he was going to go on a roll after that. But, I mean, he just – it just felt like he just went down a couple steps right there. What about Matt motherfucking uh, Schnell? Holy shit, what a Bro, fight. super impressive, bro. Right. And Luis Smoka got smoked. Yeah, smoke it himself. Smoke it up. Do, do, we, do we see Smoka in the UFC for much longer? Maybe. I don't think so. I mean, don't he's get me wrong. He's, 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 he's fucking... He's only like 4-1 and one in his last five fights. What do you mean do we see him in the UFC? Yeah, but bro, th let's see. Out of his last five fights, three of those were outside of the UFC. Yeah. And then if you want to go back before that, his previous four fights that he lost were all in the UFC. I don't so, know he's in his last six fights him, in yeah. the UFC... He's five and one. Yeah, sorry, one and five. His contract's gonna be gonna get cut. I think. I don't think we see much of Louis Smoke. But Matt Snell looked fucking amazing. Literally, he's like the only guy we hear about coming off that MTV show. I can't fucking remember the name of it for the life of me. But he was on some MTV reality show back in the day, and he's fucking looked phenomenal. Uh, I I really feel like. A step up in competition could be in store for Mr. Snow. And he moved to ATT. So, I mean, shit. ATT is just a great camp all around. There's great flyweights over there. Juan Puerto's over there. There's other great guys down there. But, yeah, another uh, fucking lackluster fight, I would say. Maurice Green versus Jeff Hughes. It was a split decision win for Maurice Green. It was a shit show on ice, if you ask me. Snoring through the whole thing. Yeah, we just woke up Wally from this fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty boring fight. But, yeah, you know, I didn't really catch the prelims. I was more focused about the main card and see Ben losing his bets. It gets better. It well, gets better. Don't I want worry. to talk about the fucking robbery. Yana Hakuna Matana Kunitskaya had no worries for the rest of her fight because the judges were on her side. I had that fight for uh, Renu all the way. Um, I have no idea how that happened. I have to agree with you on that one. I feel like Mario and Renault did enough to win the fight. I don't know what the judges saw and gave it to Yana, especially with a unanimous decision. I thought if, if, if she was going to win at all, it would have been a very razor-close split decision. But a unanimous decision, I feel like that is definitely very bad decision-making right there. But, like Dana says... Do not leave it in the hands of the judges. Yeah, but when you see the the striking and you see that she she hit her she hit her uh, she fucking hit her like uh, twice. You know, yeah, Mariano was more significant, but Yana was more, I think, more consistent and uh, yeah. Sometimes, like like Yana, Yana throw like a fucking hundred punches per, per minute. Doesn't hurt, but uh, it's more active. The judges think that you are winning, so yeah, don't let it uh, go to the hands of the judges. Yeah, you're right. Definitely. And then Anthony Rocco Martin defeated Sergio Moraes by uh, unanimous decision. Decisions all over this card. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Another decision was the fight after that. Omari Akhmedov defeated Tim Bosch by unanimous decision. Fucking... Oh, never mind. Uh, I thought. Uh, 
Akhmedov looked really good, actually. Um, Tim Bosch is getting up there in age. I feel like a step up in competition is going to be due for Amari. Yeah, for sure. We all love him. But Another American top team guy. You know what I mean? Like, they got some killers over there, and there's a reason why American Top Team is one of the best gyms out there. Like, they're constantly evolving and bringing new guys in, and they just keep getting better and better and better, and they're proving it with the products that they put out there. Absolutely. No, I actually did miss the next fight. Uh, I do feel bad for that. I was in the middle. I believe I was making dinner at that point, but I did miss uh, Vanille Daryush's slick arm bar. Yeah, ever since uh, Benil got knocked out by Alexander Hernandez, he's won two fights in a row. Yes. Uh, this fight was a slick armbar against Drew Dauber. And Drew Dauber really looked like he was on the rise in that yeah. lightweight division. So stopping somebody like that really kind of cements himself as one of those guys in the 15 through 20 range. Uh, I believe Benil got... Uh he got pretty, uh, Drew really dominates the first part of the fight, but, uh, like the first round, but then, uh, Daniel Darius with all his uh, experience and, uh, he got uh, the, the submission in the second. Yeah. Daniel is back, I think. Darius is back. I think he's back. This time he's back. Ben, what were your thoughts on the fight? Oh, I missed that fight, the Daniel Darius fight. Yeah. I made a. It makes a good armbar. I did. Yeah, I said that right, right as we let into it, Randall. So, Sorry, I try to tune you out. Normally when we do cards with Junior Dos Santos, because oh, you're so fine. biased. Oh, that's fine. I do it too. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway. he, was, he was so stressed, he got to, to take a shit before watching the main event. <laughs> <laughs> Blagoy Ivanov defeated Ben Rothwell by unanimous decision. Was anybody uh, else uncomfortable with that very decision? good. Say it again. I've seen some people online that were uncomfortable with that decision. Is that, is that anybody else's feeling, or can that just be dismissed? I, I honestly think Probably. that was one of the better decisions of the night. I, I really feel like Blagoy definitely dominated the first and the third round, and I could you could even give him the second round, really. Yeah. But also, since he came to the UFC, they all, they only given him like tough matches. And the JDS was his very first fight. Yes, and now we, he got a win against Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell was, his, I believe, his first fight since he got uh, he got flagged by, by Usara. Yes, yes so, correct. You yeah, so you want to talk about him. He got flagged, fuck him. I don't care. Good for him. He lost. I don't care. He's a cheater. You the next fight was a super yet. impressive performance. You want to talk Go about ahead. Yeah. shitting? You talk about Nico Price shitting all over Tim Means there. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, Nico Price looked amazing in that fight. We talked about it before the fucking fight last week on the show. I mean, Nico yeah. Price is he's definitely making a statement in this division. He's very active. He fights. He's fucking exciting. He's exciting. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I feel like I'm watching him fight uh, every every two weeks. Every time I turn my head, I see him fighting. He's he's awesome. He's fighting. He's not you know, yeah, other he has this killer like, be killed attitude fight. too. Yes, yes, that's what we want in the right now in the UFC. And uh, Nico Price is uh, is very exciting to watch. And uh, yeah, it's good for him getting that uh, first round uh, W. His last eight fights, win or loss, have all been finishes. Yes, 
He's only lost two of them. He lost to Vicente Luque, who we know is no slouch, and Abdul Razak Alassan, who is also a fucking beast. Yes. But I mean, he, Nico Price, man, he's just so fucking, like, explosive, and then you know that this guy can strike with you from anywhere. I mean, he's knocked yeah. guys out from on his back. Yeah. Bro, he's very fucking good. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Alizu Dos Santos going out there and getting that uh, submission, the rear naked choke on Curtis Millinder. Yeah, and that was one of the more surprising fights for me. I honestly didn't think Dos Santos was actually going to fucking be able to just completely dominate Curtis Millinder like he did. I thought Millinder was going to be able to get off on his feet a little bit, but it just seemed like Dos Santos took him down right away, secured that rear naked choke, and it was over before it started. Yes, it was a uh, good win for him, but uh, I was surprised before watching the fight that he was ranked. I didn't know that he was ranked, and uh, I believe that's pretty weird because uh, he didn't face off uh, just, like real competition. Right now, he wants to fight someone uh, top-ranked, but uh, yes, I... Yes, it was a good win, but is he a top-level guy? I don't know yet. I think that we we need to, to wait and see him fight someone uh, in the top 10 uh, to know. Yeah, I mean, I have the same opinion when I seen that he was ranked. I was like, oh, I didn't even know yeah. that he was number 15 in that division, but apparently he is number 15 in the welterweight division, and yeah. as of tomorrow, he might be ranked a little higher. Yeah, maybe. We will see. Wow. Uh. I don't know how much. Ben, I what's yeah. the next fight, Ben? <laughs> um, well, I don't want to talk about it. No, I mean. Let's just start with the outcome. Junior Dos Santos TKOs Derek Lewis in the second round. Yeah. Ben, for the second time in a row, you have betted against Junior Dos Santos, and he has won by a decisive knockout. What this guy's gonna end up, yeah, and then he got fight of the night for it. I essentially bet against this guy every time, and he. All right, hold on. Let me fact check something real quick before I go spouting off. Yeah, I've got this guy by betting against him. I've bought him a house with his post-fight bonuses. A small house, but a house. Yeah, hundred k. In like the rural country. Yeah. So if I continue to bet against him, I see him winning a title. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He would uh, be in the Hall of Fame sooner uh, than expected, I believe, if you, you keep betting against him. I believe no, he, will be, sure. he will be the first ever champ, triple champ if you keep betting against <laughs> <laughs> Nah, dude, he's going to cut all the way down heavyweight the division weight. just yeah. for him. No, he'll cut yeah. down the flyweight, just knock everybody the fuck out. Magic Junior Dos Santos is a middleweight. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking killing everybody. But I heard that Derek Lewis got uh, he was injured before the fight. Was it true? Yeah, Derek Lewis. Um, from what I looked at, I believe it was an ACL and MCL sprain or tear. Let me double check. But when was the last time Derek Lewis fought at at a hundred percent of? Uh, Potential because he had uh, back uh, problems uh, when he fought Mark Hunt, and I believe he even said that he was going to end his career uh, after the match against, uh, after the fight against Mark Hunt. I believe he said that. But yes, yes. But uh, 
personally, I love Derek Lewis. I believe everybody loves him. He's a guy. He's good. Yeah. Is he championship material? I don't think so. He's exciting to watch. He got a UFC. He's a fan fight. favorite for sure. Yeah. He, he he fought for the belt. I think that's his biggest thing. Nobody gonna take that uh, away from him. He fought for the belt. Everybody loves him. He had big hearts. But when you see that every time, every time that he's gonna fight, uh, he have uh, issues with his body. I believe that. Uh, and since he's very popular on Instagram, and you may maybe we will see him in movies and uh, you become a fucking comedian. Who knows? But I believe that his career won't last long because if you see, what's next for him? Like he's not gonna fight for the title again. He's gonna, yeah, maybe exciting fights, win fights, cash. Yes, win some fights, lose some fights. But the way that he's fighting, like this year, he fought, he fought against DC. Then now that he's fighting, uh, he's he's very active. I I think that he's very active right now because the end is near. So according to sources in Derek Lewis's camp, a month ago, Derek Lewis tore his meniscus his ACL, and his MCL, and he refused to pull out of the fight. So with 30 days of rehabbing a torn meniscus, ACL, and MCL, he went in there against one of the most dangerous heavyweights of all time. Yeah. My hat's off goes to Derek Lewis. He is forever a fan favorite, and probably honestly because of that will get himself a Hall of Fame nod. Yeah, we all love him. I mean, I can't... can't. Can't bet against him, as you can tell. But, Waleed, I want you to hold on for just a moment. We're going to get a uh, word from our sponsors. I'll uh, have a couple more guests come through. Uh, and we're going to get right back to you because we've got another card we want to discuss with you. So just stay right there. We don't call you the European Connection for no reason, bro. We got you here for this London card. And I'm excited. We're going to talk about that in a little bit after these fine few words from our sponsors. What's going on? This is Damon from Tell the Monster, and you're listening to Ben and Randall on MMA Wreckage Radio. I also want to let you know you can find all of our music streaming now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else music lives. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Tell the Monster. You have been awoken. Monsters with a story to tell And the only thing that's stopping us from ever succeeding Is the way we see ourselves and not ever believe it and joining us at this time, guys, is a knockout of the night from Cage Wars 40 winner. It is Kyle Kaler. Kyle, how's it going? It's going, man. It's going, Ben. You know, Randall's just, it's going, man. <laughs> Good night so far. So you just got out hey, of the how's gym. How's your grind for this next fight going on? What was that? How's your grind going for this next fight? Uh, man, it never stops since the last fight, man. So it's just been very continuous, you know. Uh, it's always it's just ongoing, man. Um you know, I wouldn't say really anything like uh, out of you know too crazy or anything different. Just you know, keeping it basic, doing the same thing I do, man. Now, if we wanted to sit here and talk about your last fight, we could probably finish the conversation in about twenty seconds. You walk <laughs> in there and made very quick work of your opponent. Yeah, I, um, I I didn't say like I knew it was going to happen, but um, I was very confident in what I was going to do to him, and. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm glad it, it, it went out the way it did. Um, you know, I left there with no bruises, no bumps, no cuts, you know, went, went out and, uh, got some beer afterwards, just like I said, man, you know. <laughs> so then if you're going to be like this mystic, you know, futuristic 
prediction style. What's your prediction for this fight? I'm going to ask uh, that early this I'd, time. I'd say, um, honestly, man, in the most respectful way I can, um, probably the same thing. Oh. Probably the same thing. Definitely first round. First round. Finish. If we keep compiling these first round finishes, how long till you make your pro debut? I don't know, man. I want to. I always told myself, man. I uh, I always wanted to have um, uh, at least ten ten amateur fights, just so it's like it's more like a um like a personal like goal, and it's like it's me telling myself like, okay, I deserve to be a pro now, you know. Um, instead of you know just having like being like a Conor McGregor and just having one professional or uh, one pro fight, uh, yeah, amateur fight, and then going pro, and then you know like because that's just the real deal, man, you know, and. You know, I get enough experience in, like, you know, the cage as an amateur to uh, really decide if I want to take it up to the next level, you know. So it's just ex just for the experience, at least 10, man. And your opponent has a rather uh, lopsided record. I know disrespect intended to him, you know. I mean, I would go in there and have nothing but losses. Uh, and you had been there yourself at one point in time. Yeah. What are some of the things you're looking for in this? Uh, I mean, obviously his jujitsu is is top notch. He's gone in there. His his one win to his credit is by arm triangle, a very quick under a minute arm triangle. So how do you defend yourself against that grappling? I don't let him even get it on me in the first place. Um, but somehow, if uh, uh, he was to get me into that position, man, you know, there's a couple things I could do from there. Uh, one one thing that everybody really knows is they have different variations of names for it. I like the I call it um, what we call it um, answering the phone. Um, just keep alleviating that pressure, man, and um, you know, going from there, or um, you know, just working off that. If it works, it works. If not, then I gotta you know uh, do something else so I can fucking choke out. How do you see this fight playing out? Do you see it staying on the feet or going to the ground? I see me staying on the feet. I see me cracking him a couple times, and then I see him wanting to take him to the ground, but he's not going to be able to. So I'm just going to keep him on the feet, and I'm just going to keep him uncomfortable. And, you know, if I don't, like, you know, hurt him, I'm going to make him quit mentally. And even if I have to, you know, I know I said a first-round knockout, but um, if I was, like, you know, to take him all three rounds, I'm going to make him wish he wasn't in there for three rounds, you know. Make him hurt every second of it. So then, I guess we're not going for a submission of the night, then. Nah, that's uh, you know, that's 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 too easy. <laughs> <laughs> too easy. Elaborate um, plus, on plus that. The, well, submissions is you only got you know eight limbs. You got you know or uh, you owe me eight things you can hit somebody with. Well, in the amateur, it's even less. You know, you can hit him with knees. You know, you can hit him with your legs. You can hit him with your hand. No elbows, of course. So there's only um, a very limited amount of um, uh, ways you can knock somebody out. Whereas like submissions, and don't don't don't. I'm not knocking you know submissions at all. I love them and everything. But there's just so many of them. You know, shit, man. Ben Askren just fucking got Robbie Lawler with a bulldog choke. Whoever did that before, you know what I mean? Like. There's no, like so many unexpected shit, you know, like submissions that can happen. So, um, plus, man, the crowd just they love knockouts, and you know, you got to give the people what they want, man. You know, got to go in there with that gladiator mentality that, you know, people are, pay, are paying money to see you, so you got to give them what they want to see, you know. And plus, everybody kind of knows me now. Like both my wins come from knockouts, so they kind of want they want to keep seeing that. So you're there to give the fans their money's worth. Of course, absolutely.
And do you see yourself staying with Cage Wars? Yeah, of course. The way I look at it, man, like it, it's 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 like a privilege, man. It's an honor to be, you know, um, fighting for Cage Wars because I like to I like to say like they're the UFC of um of you know amateur um uh you know northeastern um, mixed martial arts, you know, and to be able to fight for them, man, it's 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 crazy, you know, it's awesome, and I'm just honored, you know, that um I'm able to like stay there and um keep 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 uh competing for them and we we look at your record and we see the only the the two losses you have are are by submissions is that something that uh, that worries you heading into this fight i know you're you're very confident and we've kind of touched on this already um i don't don't think it worries it doesn't really worry me at all um because my uh my my game and uh and everything you know even my striking is always improving and so it's yeah you know i mean i got submitted in both my losses you know but it's not something that i worry about obviously it's not my strongest suit and everybody knows that anybody who can you know go on youtube and look at a fucking video knows that that's not my strong suit but i'm not, I'm not worried about it you know if for whatever somehow this this game uh, this fight goes to the ground, then you know, if I if I see a submission, I'll take it, and um, and if I get put in submission, I'll I'll get out of it to the best way, best of my ability. And your name has been coming out of quite a few mouths lately. There's a lot of hype behind you going into this fight. A lot of people are uh, are picking you to win. I've uh, looked into the odds, and I think you were like a plus. 420 or something like, or, uh, or minus four something uh, favorite for this fight as of right now. Do you play into those odds? Do you feel any of the hype and the pressure that are at all in this fight or for this fight? Not really. Um, honestly, at certain times, man, I like to be the underdog actually because I like when people doubt me, man. You know, I've been doubted with, with many things and on many different occasions, you know, so I don't mind being, uh, I don't mind being doubted. Actually, like I said, I kind of prefer it, actually. So being the favorite, it's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, more people believe in, you know, me than, you know, than I thought (laughs) or any at all besides myself. Um, So, yeah, no, it doesn't really play into my head or anything. You know, I mean, it's cool to, like, say, oh, okay, I'm the favorite, but no, it's it's because anything can happen, you know. So I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm the favorite. I'm definitely winning that night, you know, because no, we've seen many on many different fights where the person who was supposed to win loses and vice versa. I think that puts you at like a, a three to a, a three or a four to one favorite over your opponent. Now, the pressure that you bring, I'll let you unlock your door here. <laughs> Welcome home. Yeah, for all you guys wondering, Kyle's doing this interview on the fly right now for us. So thank you, Kyle, for taking time out of your day. He's just getting home from training. No problem, guys. Couldn't keep you waiting, man. You know, had to keep you. Uh, I, like I said, I was a little late for it anyway, so I kind of felt bad. Hey, he knocks people out, and he's a gentleman. What up? <laughs> See, your eHarmony profile is just writing itself right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Damn, dude, how'd you know? <laughs> you're, more, you're more of a tender, sloppy type of guy. After the last interview you did with us, I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah, no, and I got the smoke alarm fixed, by the way, so you won't be hearing that this time. Yay! Nice. Oh, <laughs> Finally. MMA Wreckage Radio doing home improvements. <laughs> like I said, man, 
I don't even hear it half the time, but I don't hear it at all. So that's that's good. <laughs> and, and like I said, fire safety is not a joke, son. No, <laughs> not at all. Only oh. you can prevent a forest fire. Well, yeah. After guy. this win, what do you want next? Oh, uh, shit, man. Honestly, you know, I'd be, I mean, I'm not going to go out and say, like, give me a fucking title shot, you know what I mean? Because I feel like I don't, I, I didn't deserve it yet. You know, I feel like I don't deserve it yet. But if, um, I don't know, if they give it to me, then I'm going to go in there and I'm going to I'm gonna win it, obviously. I'm going to go in there and take it from whoever has it. Um, you know, just, well, like I said, I'm a... Rumor mill has it that the uh, current champ at 145 has a fight booked already. It's not been announced, but it is booked. I'm not sure if that's true or not, so do not quote me on that. Um, would you maybe want to win this fight, take a, a, a card off, and maybe come back for the next one? What was that first part you said? I, the I, rumor has what? Rumor mill has it that the, the current 145 champ, Kyle Glasheen, has a fight booked already. Uh, to defend yeah. that title. That is just a rumor. I'm not sure if there's any truth to that, so don't, you know, set that in stone. It, it didn't come notarized or anything like that. So, But if right. that's true and you win this fight, they offer you the winner of that. Is that something you do is take a, uh, take one of these cards off and, and come back? No, honestly, if they offered me it, I, I just go right into it because who's to say that it's still going to be there if I take some time off, you know? So... If they offer it to me like uh, right after, um, then I'll you know I'll take it, um, of course you know, but because like at any time you know they could just change their mind like oh well he doesn't want to fight this time so we'll just give it to somebody else and then that opportunity could be lost. So that's all. That's really what you know this for is man. You got to take a advantage of the opportunities that are given to you or not given to you, but that present themselves and you got to take them. How do you feel you match up with Kyle? Um. On the, on the feet, yeah, I, I think I take him all day. Um, he's got really good jujitsu, as you've seen with his last fight. So that's something that um, uh, I would definitely have to work for. But I don't think he's, um, you know, and I say with all respect, I don't think he's tougher than any of the guys I train with. Um, you know, I, I think I think Brendan Kennedy is phenomenal on the ground. I think he he's, he could outwork him, you know, with his wrestling and jujitsu all day. Um, and I, you know, I train with him on the daily, so that right there is something. Um, I feel like I feel like I could personally beat Kyle. He would have the advantage, maybe have an advantage on the ground, but I think I I, I think I can take him. I think I can beat him. But like I said, who knows, man? Anything can happen. He could beat me. He could take me on the round. He could take me out by decision. You know, he could knock me out. He could submit me. He could. Who knows? But I feel I feel really strong about that fight. What are some of the key things that you're training for this fight? Um, just, just every, uh, nothing, nothing really key, man. Nothing that um, I'm really like leaning towards to that I have to really look out because I, I feel like I'm better at Robbie like is overall. You know, definitely on the strike, definitely on the feet. Um, I feel like I can't even submit him if I wanted to. It's just, uh, I'm just learning. Every time I go to that gym, I learn something new. Even if it's like I learned it before, like a move I learned before, I learn a little even more details, you know, to it. Uh, so, you know, so I just I just keep that. I just keep learning. There's nothing really I'm like just focusing one aspect on because, like I said, um, 
you know, I, I just feel like I already have the, um, the, uh, uh the skill set that, um, over him, just everything I've got, there's no way I can do. And what did you learn at school and today, Dollar? No, I'm, well, going, I'm going early 2000s mom on him first, Randall. I want to know what you learned <laughs> at school today, Dollar. <laughs> uh, today was just more conditioning. Uh, we just went over like some, um, Veronica Choka, um, defense, um, uh, mainly conditioning, uh, you know, so then we did like some, uh, some chain work, you know, some, uh, striking the grappling, some grappling, the striking, you know, just what we always do, just working them chains. Cause they're, uh, what we call the, um, meat and potatoes of the sport, you know, it's really realistic. If you do it like that, so just, okay, well you strike like this and then you grapple like this. No, you gotta always work it together. Cause that's what the sport is. You're working everything together. So put that in your head. What's your weight at right now? Uh, 163. So about, what is that? Seven, over. That's not bad at all. So we got about yeah. a month left. Yeah. Just about, um, three weeks. Yeah. Like I'm good. Honestly, like even if I'm like two weeks out and I'm, I'm 15 over, you know, that's, that's perfect for me. Like this last weight cut was like, it was like a walk in the park. Don't be, don't, I mean, get, don't get me wrong. Like it had certain aspects where like it sucks, you know, you can't, you know, pig out and you can't eat and everything, but I did maybe an hour and a half in the sauna, and I only had to do about two and a half pounds in there. I could have actually just done like a pound and a half, but I wanted to do a little bit more because my teammates were still uh, pushing through. Do you cut a lot of weight? Not really. Um, I want to say not really at all. I just I just eat right towards uh, like a month out or so. You know, um, like a month out, I'll you know I'll go out and like I'll party one last time, binge, you know, and then after that I just eat really clean, man. You know, just uh, I'm like a, like, like a, uh, he kind of like a hippie, you know, very, uh, very, very clean. Um, what are your summer meals like? Uh, well, for example, today I had, um, you know, I had, you know, bacon, uh, uh, turkey bacon and eggs and then, uh, tuna and egg whites, some, um, some almond butter, um, some, some tilapia with black beans and cauliflower, you know, so it's, like he says, very, very clean, uh, eating right there. Yeah, you hit us, I believe it was yesterday, with some scrambled eggs and tuna. Yeah, no, that was today, man. Yeah, that was today. Oh, man, I seen that. I was like, man, I'm not going to knock it before I try it, but yeah, so yeah, I'm like not knocking it. This high-fiber type <laughs> of deal, then? Like, what was that? Is it like a high-fiber type of deal, then? Like, what do you mean? Are you trying to get like a, you know, a high-fiber diet going, or what? Oh, high-fiber. Oh, there's, uh, you're saying high-fiber. Okay, uh... I mean, you know, I mean, I just try to keep everything really balanced. I mean, obviously, I got to get, like, a lot more protein, you know, because I'm, I'm more active than the average person, you know, um, doing this shit. So I got to have a lot of protein in my diet. So that's where, um, you know, I'll take, like, uh, like some protein shakes and everything like that just to get that up, to get those amino acids in so that the recovery is, um, is good. And that way I can keep just grinding and grinding and grinding, man. And um, what are some of the things that you're going to do in the, the coming up weeks to kind of tighten things down leading into this fight? Um, just everything that I do, just um, just keep practicing at it, man. You know, just uh, tighten up te- techniques. You know, if I'm if I realize like I'm throwing a hook like kind of sloppy, you know, then I'll tighten it up. Um, if um if my penetration shots are uh, are kind of like you know far away. I also, uh, I'll work on like stepping in more. You know, getting just working a lot of muscle memory so that way because I know in the cage, you know, 
um, you're going to try and throw perfect, but it's never really perfect. So I'm um, just trying to get that muscle memory down as best as I can is what's going to cause, um, uh, cause success, man. And obviously, you, you know, you fight. We know that about you. Um, we've gone over this in our previous interviews, but for some of your new fans, we're going to go over this again. Uh, what's Kyle like outside of the cage? Shit, man. Um, very busy. <laughs> very fucking busy. Um, well, you know, working full-time and then going to school full-time and then training. I don't really have too much of a social life. I, um, you know, I usually start my day off by waking up, having some breakfast, you know, drink some coffee, hanging out with my cat, and then uh, watch some TV, and then um, either go to school or, um, you know, go to work. And, uh, you know, most days I got to work both. I got to do both. So very busy, man. I don't really, like I said, I don't really have a social life. So, um, you know, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, you know, it has its benefits and everything. So. And uh, where are you going to school and what for? Uh, I'm going to... Mohawk Valley um, Community College, and I'm just going for um, uh, general studies right now. I'm not really too sure what I want to do yet, um, but I'm kind of thinking more like a personal fitness, like personal training, um, maybe like dietary, you know, something that I can use in my daily life and use to help out others as well. There you go. And what do you do for work? Uh, I work at a hotel, man. I actually yeah, have a front chilling desk. chilling at the Holiday yeah. Inn. That's exactly where I work too, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> work at the shit. fucking work at the Holiday Inn, man. You know, Kyle, the housekeeper, killer. Dude, I fucking yeah, check people in, man. You know, deal with complaints and uh, uh, and this. Cool. this is, I've done that job now, too. What it is sucks. the best hotel story you got, man, dude? You know, like that scene from the Portal Virgin where he's like, "Oh, so many stories are flowing through my head." Except these ones are real, man. Oh God, there's this, man. The the one that the, I would say the first thing that pops in my head, man, is um because it's happened on more than one occasion where somebody like just shits themselves and shits all over the place. Um, nice. Yeah, I uh, this is back in the day when I first started, man. I used to smoke, so I was outside smoking on break. Well, not really break, but my little cigarette break. And I'd walk back in the door, and mind you, this is on the other side of the fucking hotel, so. And I, I'm like, damn, somebody just farted. Like, it just fucking stinks. And uh, my brother used to work there at the same time. And uh, it's, it's actually fucked up because he was a cleaner. So he actually, in, in the end, had to clean all that up. And uh, he fucking comes up to me. And he's not even, like, mad. He's, like, he's like shocked. He's like, bro, there's so much shit in the fucking bathroom, man. It's on the fucking walls, on the toilet, oh. uh, on the in the sink, oh. uh, on the garbage can, on the soap dispenser, on the fucking mirrors. On the I got one wall, for you. On the floor, it's like it's everywhere. But yeah, I had somebody because I've done, I worked at a hotel doing front desk as well, and um, I also would get into maintenance and things like that. I have three terrible stories. Either the one where the dude punched his wife in the face. The one that I'm about okay. to tell you, or there's just so many terrible ones, like you said, but like, like somebody <laughs> actually shit down the hole of the sink. So like, I got a call that the sink was clogged. So I went up there and I took the whole fucking piping underneath it apart, and a turd fell out of the fucking. Right oh out of the man. Yeah. But the other one was uh, listening to the old people above me fuck like they were porn stars in heat. That was a good one. These people were older than dirt. It was ridiculous. 
Damn, dude, I'm feeling that tune and egg come back up, man. Oh, oh God. Oh. It's, it's ironic oh, that God. you say... We won't get into that, never mind. It's kind, of, it's kind of fucked up that I can actually kind of, like, picture it, man, and I, I want it to stop, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. And you're still thinking about your breakfast. I'm still thinking about, <laughs> yeah. I'm still thinking about it, too, man. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I think I'm good now. Okay. A little, a little dry even, but we're good. <laughs> Oh. And don't mind the potential helicopter over my house that you may hear in the background right now. They're coming to get me, I think, child. Oh shit, man! They know oh, you have the lightest. Ra- they know you have the best radio show, man. They're coming to get you. Oh shit! They want that yeah. live show at MMA Wreckage Radio here. They know Kyle Kaler was on deck. They wanted to get the the interview before <laughs> it released. Oh. That's fucking loud. Holy shit. Anyway, back to track here. So let's talk about the, the, the keys to victory here for you. You want to go in and get another one of those end-of-the-night awards here. How do we do it? What are those keys to victory? Do exactly what I did last time, man. Keep it on the feet. Uh, I'll strike him. Make him, um, make him uncomfortable. Let him know I'm in there. Just basically make him quit on himself before... Um, uh, you know, before I, before the end of the fight, so that way you know, it'll go by faster. Um, you know, I feel like if I if I just mentally beat him even before the fight starts, I already have an advantage right there. So, just kind of really just what I did last time, man. Just you know, and be patient, of course, because we all saw what happened this past weekend. JDS heard uh, uh, Derek Lewis, but almost got knocked the fuck out when you yes. know. <laughs> so, oh uh, man. My brother's going for uh, he, he I don't know why, but he calls uh, he calls Derek Lewis um, uh, Moomba or uh, what the hell do you call him Moomba or so I don't fucking know something like that. But um, he was rooting for him as soon as he got knocked the fuck out, man. You just see, just like tears start falling. All oh, was crazy. <laughs> he loves that motherfucker, man. Me too. Hell yeah. But it's you guys didn't love Derek Lewis, though. Yeah, I mean, I like him too, but, you know, I mean, let's be a realistic man, you know, JDS is fucking, fucking JDS, man, you know, so. Can you say that one more time so Ben can hear you? It's, uh, what, JDS? Yeah. Yeah, JDS, man, it's fucking JDS, man. Uh, yeah, Fuck every Junior single time JDS fights, Ben's like, I'm going to bet against somebody. That's I'm like, I mean, why, man. bro? If he's I keep betting against Junior Dos Santos, he's going to hold UFC gold again, goddammit. Like, yeah, but I don't know, man. I think Stipe's got his number, and uh, I think uh, Cormier would uh, definitely have his number as well. So as long as uh, one of those two is now holding the title, then I think I think he'll be all right. I think he'll, I think he'll be good. I think he's got to make a Stipe versus JDS three. Oh, yeah, they got to finish that, of course, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It makes sense. They're both yeah. on the rise. Well, I mean, JDS, or Stipe's just kind of chilling right now at this point, but JDS yeah. is on the rise. Yeah, yeah, he's he's coming back. He's making that comeback. Uh, I feel like, you know, he'll probably make one last good run, and then um, uh, he'll retire after this. Well, if fucking Ben keeps betting against him, he's going to be a Hall of Famer retiring with the belt. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Ben, you gotta you gotta bet uh you gotta bet for it, man. Maybe he'll uh maybe he'll lose. Who knows? <laughs> That'll be the one time. <laughs> I think that's what my plan of attack is gonna be. You know what I mean? Randall, I think you and I need to start like our own type of main event bet type of deal here. We'll bet like a Listen, do a anybody bet. but Tony Ferguson. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell yeah. you right now, 
I'm gonna. I want to make a a bald bet with somebody next. Bald for a year, and I'm not talking like. I mean, like bald. You bick that shit once a week. <laughs> he said bald. Yeah, I'm I think straight. That's the next one. But, hey, Kyle, yeah, you want to shave your head, bald? I'll pass on that, man. <laughs> I, I did that Hard shit when pass. I was. I, I did that shit when I was in boot camp and fucking all. I'm good, man. I did that shit a couple times in the fleet. I'm all past, man. Those days are done. He said I no sh- more high and tights. I no more high and tights. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> I did it once when my sister lost her hair when she was going through her battle with cancer. And other than that, I've kept it about the normal, just above stubble length. So. Hey, hey man. Uh, that's respect right there, dude. Seriously. Uh, man, same here. You went through fucking boot so, camp. You served the country. More respect to you. Yeah, Thanks, no, I'm native, so we don't cut our hair at all. The only time <laughs> we ever cut our hair is if somebody dies. So the last time I cut my hair was like 2013. This shit's Well, then I'll bet a haircut bet against you. I'll pick Junior Dos Santos to win. Junior Dos Santos will die, <laughs> and you can cut your hair because he's dead. It's got to be in my family, so thanks a lot. You just murdered one of my family members. <laughs> Asshole. Wow, this got dark quick. <laughs> For real, I was like, "Damn, and uh, all right, new topic done." <laughs> yeah, Jesus That's how we, Christ. When the guest is switching the subject, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> how not to run a podcast? One hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Well, next we're gonna get into politics. Yeah. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> oh, <boy>. See, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> it's one of those. Never mind. Um, before we get too bad here, I want to get to the, I, this is a part of the interview that I've been excited for, uh, so I'm not trying to cut us short here, but I really want to hear your shout outs again, man. All right. Okay. Oh, um, you know how we do. First off, I'd like to, uh, give a shout out to, uh, Duff Holmes over at MVMMA. Thank you, man. You know, you, you taught me everything I know and, uh, um, always approving with you. So I look forward to, you know, making it to the big time with you, you know, and I, I won't have anybody else by my side. Um, and, of course, you know, to my teammates, of course, you know, my mans uh, uh, and the girls there, you know. Um, as I always say, I'm not going to na- put any names because I don't want anybody getting jealous and shit like that. But uh, to all you guys, you know, then, you know, of course, to my family, um, uh, you know, definitely uh, as well to my brother. He um, He actually just started training with me. Uh, well, with us, I should say. So you may may see him fight in the future, hopefully. Um, next, one I want to, um, I would say, lastly, you know, let me give a shout out to, uh, I'll give a shout out to my roommate Devin. I don't know if he can hear me or not right now, but uh, yeah, man, you get a shout out. Congratulations! And um, last but not least, we all know Porno Mike. Porno, Porno Mike, Mike. Mike. You know, shout out to him, man. Maybe third time's a charm. We'll get him on the next one, hopefully, but. If I had him on Facebook, I'd try to add him to this right now and see if we can get him for the end of the interview. But yeah, I try. I tried calling him earlier, man. But uh, he's probably I don't know, man. He's probably like I don't know, fucking like some some fat chick or something. I don't know. Who knows, man? Yeah, <laughs> that guy's up in her ass. Yeah, I uh, last, actually, it's a funny story, man. Last time I seen or I talked to that dude, I was I was at the bar and I called him like, "Yo, man, come out, man. There's there's a lot of chicks out." And he's like, "I can't, man. I, I'm in a, I'm in bed with this nurse right now. We're gonna fuck all night. I'll talk to you later." Hashtag porno Mike. Hashtag porno Mike. What really happened was he got a BJ from a toothy BJ from a Thai lady boy at the Utica train station. 
Hey, man, you know, I'm not going to put that past him because I wouldn't doubt that. You know, that he, <laughs> that's, that's probably something he's done. Maybe on multiple occasions. Oh, yeah, fuck so, me. Uh, he, he sold it and made a mill. But yeah, hey. Oh, fuck, bro. Porto Mike sounds like a good time. He is, man. He is. He a little crazy Randall, at times, but... um. When I come out to Cage Wars in September, Porno Mike's ass better be there. I do, I'm but don't him. want you to elaborate on what you mean by Porno Mike sounds like a good time. We're, oh, not, he knows. <laughs> he, he knows. knows. <laughs> so, I, should give, I should give his number. <laughs> before I throw up in my mouth a little bit here, um, the one thing I wanted to ask you is if you could give us... If there's anything you wanted to say to your opponent. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, like, disrespect him or anything, because, you know, I have talked to the dude, he's a genuine guy, um, you know, yeah, he's a actually, I actually like him, very nice yeah, guy. He's, yeah, very, uh, very, uh, very polite, you know, very, um, very respectful, so, um, you know, all I can say is, man, just bring your A game, because I'm bringing mine, so, and I look forward to seeing you there. All right. So I really appreciate you taking the time. You know, like we said, you you're doing this on a ride home, getting into the apartment after uh, after training. So we appreciate you doing that, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle, the front desk clerk, Kaler. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I figured that'd be the best way. But folks, thank you guys. I swear. If that comes my nickname, man, I'm going to be pissed. No, we're going to keep it. I'm fucking texting Slim right now. We're still recording. I'll end this one the right way. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Kaler. Hey, this is John Anik with the UFC. You are listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, fight fans. This one right here definitely gets me giddy. Uh, Right now, we have one of the fastest rising prospects in MMA right now. The motor, Muhammad Usman. How are you doing today, Muhammad? I'm doing good, guys, man. Thank you guys for having me on the show, man. It's been a long time coming. No, for sure, man. And like uh, most of you guys might have noticed, that last name, Usman. One thing I'd like to state real quick, I was talking to somebody earlier about, you know, the whole sport of mixed martial arts and everything like that. And uh, he was talking about Brazilians. He goes, well, how, you know, hoist Gracie this, hoist Gracie that, the Brazilians back in the day. And I said, yeah, the Brazilians used to run the, the sport back in the day. But I'm telling you right now, the African continent's here to take over. And this is just oh, yeah. proof. Oh, uh, yeah, man. The connection is kind of uh, kind of dropping in and out. But I, I'm hearing you guys good now. All right, but what I was saying was that the Brazilians used to run the run the sport. It was a Brazilian based, you know. The Brazilians were the best. I think we're going to see this transition to where the the continent of Africa is going to take over the sport. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I tell, like I tell my brother, you know, and I told myself when I first got into this, we were built for this sport, man. We were, uh, you know, just our nature and where we're from, and uh, just our everydays. And Brazilians are too, you know. And that's the thing, you know. They. They've been they've been really effective in the sport, you know. You know when you look back to how they their upbringing, where they're raised, how they are, you know what they're used to, you know. And so the thing, same goes back to us, you know. We're warriors. We have to wake up every day and, and find out how we're gonna eat, how we're gonna sleep, you know. So I feel like now that the attention is, we're finally getting some, uh, you know, like my brother and Francis and Ganu, you know, and other guys that are, you know. Uh, that are stepping in, you know, and stepping up and uh, finally getting that recognition is bringing it, you know, is, is bringing, it's going to bring MMA to Africa, you know, in a big way. 
And as far as your fight coming up, you got Big Frank Tate coming up here. I believe it's uh, this weekend. So I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this fight. Now, what are some of the things that you've done to make sure that you're going to go in there and get the win? Man, I've, uh, I've, I've showed up a lot of aspects of my game, you know, um, in, in my striking, you know, in my grappling, in my jiu-jitsu, you know. So it's I want to go in there and put on a complete performance, you know. And uh, I'm not going to force anything. I'm going to go in there and be completely relaxed. And, uh, and I think that just comes from reps and, and, and doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, you build that. You build that uh, that relaxation, you know, relaxation. If that's you know, it might sound weird, but you build that in there, you know, from doing it over and over again. You know, I want to be able to relax and uh, whatever he throws at me, you know, counteract. And he has got quite a few wins to his credit by first round knockout. Uh, he's got some losses by knockout as well. But how do you plan to avoid the hands and make your hands effective? I mean, uh, you know, fight. at the end of the day, man, this, the fight game is at the, at the end of the day, you get in there and you get hit, you know. But number one rule, you know, fighting is keep your hands up. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, if we, that's that solves a lot of problems when you can keep your hands up, you know. If, somebody, if your hands are down, you get hit, you know. But if your hands are up, you know, that solves a lot of problems. You know, so I'm going to go in there and I'm not really going to focus on what I uh, he's all I'm going to do is just do my technique and keep my hands up. You know, we, we, we're in there to punch each other and, uh, you know, and, and block each other's punches. So I'm going to go in there. I'm going to keep my hands up and I'm going to, you know, utilize my game plan. And how has your brother's path to UFC gold affected your training camp in, uh, in negative and in positive ways? Uh, it it didn't affect it at all in 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 positive way. It, there's no negatives to that. Every if anything, it's just the ultimate motivation, you know. To and then and then I got a whole week, you know, to train at the PI, you know, and 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 use their facilities and you know and get to see everything and how everything transpired. It motivated me, you know, because then you real and I it made you realize that this sport is not doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes it takes time to get where you want to be. You know, just keep working. And you've been in the in the sport. You had your professional debut back in 2017, so you're still fairly new to the sport. What is your five year plan? Uh, you know, from now to five years, where would you like to be in the next five years? The next five years, I'd definitely love to be a top ten contender in the UFC, heavyweight contender, easy. You know, that's my dreams, that's my goals, and that's what I'm working towards. You know. You know, don't sell my. I will never sell myself short. In five years, I'll definitely be in the UFC and I'll be a top ten contender. I mean, I'm scared shitless just looking at you through the video chat. I don't know how anybody would want to step in the cage with you personally. You know, hats off to your opponent for signing on the dotted line. If you want my opinion, that takes a lot of balls just to do that. Step in the cage. It's another thing. Uh, what was the thing that led you into mixed martial arts? Um, you know, after football, you know, I bounced around, still trying to make it on a team. And you, and the thing with football, man, you get past a certain level, it's all political. It's not athletic no more. It's not your athletic abilities. It's nothing. It's just political. It's like running for president. So, and you know, and then I'm seeing all my brother's success in MMA. So I, and then I was at a, at a stalemate in my career, you know, and I'm still very healthy, young. And for me to be at a stalemate in my career because I'm I'm trying to chase a dream that wasn't there anymore. Uh, that's when I decided to put all my attention into MMA, you know, and 
and I had a lot of you know a lot of good people in my corner like Rashad Evans and you know Tyrone Spawn and I and I talked with these guys along with my brother and uh, and I decided it was time to make the, the transition. And what has that transition been like for you? Uh, it's been it's been uh I mean don't get me wrong I love it it's 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 it is not easy you know it's with the transition from football to MMA I can say it's been it's been good for me you know but it's uh. The sport is tough, man. You know, you gotta. There's so many things play a role in it with your nutrition, with your diet, with your training. So many things play a role in MMA compared to football, where I can eat anything, go out there, you know, have three, four sacks in a game. You know, this you gotta be, you know, in every aspect of your body, be in tune with it because you can go in there and and don't have anything. You know, so, so MMA has helped me get in tune with my body a lot. Then, what would you say is the most the challenging part of you know the mixed martial arts game for you the recovery aspect of it you know it's it's i mean I, I i would think for a lot of these other guys you know i don't know but i think it's the recovery you know it's you because we train so much you know and and you know and they say you're supposed to give your body the same amount of recovery but it's extremely hard you know it's extremely hard when you when when you just you try to find that medium you know how much recovery do you give yourself in your body you know, so the recovery aspect of it is the toughest thing for me. And let's talk about your time at the Performance Institute. Uh, obviously, you're there with Kamaru. That was a you know, very helpful thing. What are some of the things that you did there, and how did they benefit you during this uh, training camp? Oh, man, I love the, uh, you know, the cold tub, the cold plunge. You know, going there, it's about 30 degrees. You know, I did that every day. That I did that every time that I could, you know, possibly get in there and get my whole body in there and just kind of bring my body back, you know, from all the training I've been doing. And, you know, and uh, I, I just use the cold plunge, you know, when you go upstairs, you know, go upstairs and you can utilize the, uh, you know, the gym, the cage, you know, I got in the cage and got a feel for the cage, you know. So uh, a lot of those little things like that means a lot, you know, for an up and coming fighter, you know, it, you know, you take those things, uh, those go a long way. Now, you currently have a four-fight contract with Titan FC. Titan FC is one of those special promotions where they have an out. It's a Zufa out. Uh, do you plan on staying all four fights with Titan, or do you plan on going to the UFC as soon as they call? Uh, I'm not. Uh, like, right now, you know, and I, I learned, I think from my last fight, you know, I was kind of moving at a rapid rate, you know, and uh, that's why I'm glad I'm. I, I, uh, Titan is perfect for me, you know, to help build me up and keep, you know, building myself up. So I'm not in a rush to get to the UFC right now. You know, not like I told the other guys, I'm not in a rush at all to get to the UFC. It's going to happen. You know, I want to just make sure I'm physically, mentally, spiritually ready when, I, when, when, the, when that time comes, you know. So all I'm focused on now is Frank Tate, you know, get this one under me and then we'll go on to the next one, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then, and then we'll move on from there. You have a very good team around you, uh, everyone from your brother to everyone in Texas, and then even your uh, your agent Brian Butler. Um, tell me what that's like to have all those people around you. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's a very good feeling because you, you you know you have people around you that have done it. You know, so it's not I'm not just waking up every day trying to figure out where I'm where I'm where am I going? Am I going left or right? You know, we have a plan. You know, we have a plan. We have a destination. You know, so. It's, just show up, train, and make it happen, you know. And, uh, and and it's a good feeling when you got people around you that have done it and currently doing it. And it just uh, it makes it it just makes my job, you know. Just show up, train, and and go go do what I got to do. See, and I love the fact that you're not rushing yourself. 
I didn't want to sit there while you were saying that and go, yes, I love it in the background, but that was my immediate reaction because you see these guys that are trying to rush themselves into being the biggest star in, in the sport, and you're just like, you know what, it's going to happen if it happens, and I'm just here to focus on what's in front of me, and that's what, that's what you know, the mindset that most, guy, most guys can It's okay to dream. You know, I'm not saying don't have a dream, but I'm saying don't take that one in a million. It's not always going to happen. I guess is what I'm saying, and you're okay with like, okay, if it's not going to happen, that's fine, but I'm more focused on what's in front of me and what I can make happen. I 100% see you being in the UFC. Yeah, I I I'll say this on the record. You and your brother will hold UFC gold at the same time. Um, I wasn't on the quote-unquote hype train all the way, Um, but man, what what a phenomenal victory. What a flawless, absolutely perfect way to to take apart a champion piece by piece. And what part of his training camps did you help him with, if any at all? Oh, man. Uh, he came and did like two weeks out here in Texas with us before he officially started his camp in Florida. And, uh, you know, he trains down there in Florida with Henry Hoof and those guys. So for me, man, it's uh, I don't really help him. Uh, if if anything that I help him of is just the family support, you know, you know, and the aspect of it, because I've been I've been with him now since his very first fight. You know, I'm, I'm in the corner, you know, so it's. Uh, it's it's the family aspect of it, you know. When you look back and you see your brother there, you know you you know you know somebody's there, your family. That's the that's the push, you know. And of course, you know my the emotion, me yelling, you know. He hears that, you know, and and I know it pushes him, you know, and in in ways that you know it's just a natural thing, you know. We've been doing it now. It's just it's just our natural way of being, you know, because it's crazy, you know, I'm still in shock, like, man, this is really happening, man, you just won a belt, like, I'm touching the belt, like, wow, you just really won this, like, this is really, like, it's, it's almost like still a dream, you know, so it's like, wow, he did it, you know, for the rest of his life, you, you were a UFC champion, you know. Are you going to take a picture? Now, here we are, with the belt, so that way you can share it in, like, five years on Facebook and be like, yeah, see, I told you. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be awesome, man, I can't wait. That the those that's what that's what you know that's what life's about you know when you when you can go back in five years and you can play it and be like man remember I said they were gonna hold gold and look they're holding gold now you know that's what makes life like fun you know because when you go through the hard times and all these ups and downs it's like man and then when you finally get there and then then you go back and be like look at this we had an interview about this five years ago and look at it you know so you know those those are just, that's what makes the the, the the job, you know, that's what makes it fun. You know, this this the whole journey. Now here we are, just a couple of days out from your Titan FC debut. Uh, what do you expect to come out of Titan FC in this whole experience? Uh, you know, just gain more experience. You know, keep fighting, gain more cage time, gain more experience, and uh, just get better and move on to the next level. You know, that's that's all. You know, it's a good it's a good uh, promotion. They 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 put a lot of guys out. You know, very world class promotion. And uh, I really I really appreciate them giving me the opportunity. And you know, I'm just gonna take it a day at a time. And I'm very humbled. You know, for the uh, the opportunity. And I'm just gonna just keep you know just keep showing them you know what I'm about. Is your brother gonna be there calling the fights? Uh, yes, he should be there. You know, he, he has so many, you know, media obligations and stuff going on right now. Especially uh, now. 
Yeah, we talked. We talked the other day, and he says he he's saying he's hoping to be there. You know, he's going to do everything in his in his power to be there. So you know, uh, that's not a you know that's not a problem. You know, I'm just you know if he's there, you know, I know he's there. We talk. You know, we we are we know everything we need to do. So it'll be it, it's going to be beautiful. You know, I can't wait. I can't wait to get in there. And like Randall said, we're a few days out. What are your keys to victory to go in here and maximize this opportunity on the Titan FC platform? Oh man, my keys to victory is just be disciplined, you know, stay the course, you know, don't, you know, dic let dictate the fight. Don't let anybody else dictate the fight, you know, because at the end of the day, anybody's going to come out and do what they know how to do, you know. But, you know, I'm going to go out there and put the fight where I want the fight to be, you know, get everything I want to get out of the fight and go home. Where do you want the fight? Will you share that? Uh, with us? I want. I just. I want. The, I, I'm gonna take wherever. He, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna pressure him, and uh, I'm gonna react. You know, I'm gonna take it wherever it goes. You know, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna go forward. I'm gonna pressure him, and I'm gonna re react. You know, if he wants to come forward aggressively, we'll do what we have to do. You know, to change that. You know, if he wants to grapple, we'll. You know, we'll stuff it and we'll strike. You know, I, I, wherever the fight goes, I'm. I'm very comfortable taking it there. Do you have official prediction for the fight? Oh man, uh, just just get my hair raised. Nice, nice. So out of uh, pretty much everything that you could have done coming over here from Nigeria, you picked up a football. Tell me what brought you to football, and then what did that transition from football to MMA? What was that like? Oh man, it's a crazy story. My dad, um, I was. I was getting in trouble for a little small stuff in school. You know, back in the day, you can get in trouble for not raising your hand. Yeah. You know, not, you know, it, you know, going to the bathroom without permission. Like, you know, you were getting in trouble for My all parents had a couple of those phone calls. Yeah, and, 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 and they kept adding up and adding up. And then my dad, you know, he was in the car. He was like, I'm so tired of getting these phone calls. And I guess he saw this little sign that said uh, Arlington Jaguars, Pop Warner. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to put you in football and they're, and they're going to teach you a lesson. You know, and then he put me in there and it was all she wrote because I was a natural. <laughs> you know, I, I loved getting hit. I loved hitting people. It was beautiful. It was and then it just went on from there. I was just good at it, you know, naturally. And you didn't have to try a lot. You know, that's when you know you're good at something when you don't have to try hard. And it just naturally comes easy. And then, of course, as you get older, you know, you want to have all the attributes and all the talent and all the skills, you know, so you work hard at it. But when I first started it, it was just a natural thing that I was good at. And, the, and uh, once you're good at something that you're not trying to be good at, it makes you really addicted to it, you know. And uh, that's why I always thought football was going to be it, you know, and fighting and, and then my brother you know he switched that uh, you know once once i started seeing him fight and i started growing my own love for fighting uh, you know and when the time was right you know everything lined up perfectly i wasn't on the team i was you know just training and uh and fighting just i just stepped it in i just stepped in i trained for about six months and i went ahead and started my and started my pro career now uh, you were a high school wrestler also how did you do in wrestling in high school Oh, I got a, I got a second in state. I was, uh, I was like 15, you know. I got second in state. I was really good at high school wrestler, you know. But uh, you say it no nonchalant. Kinda, you know, me into this too. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was so fun in high school, man. It's, it's like once I started, you know, you just pick people up and slamming them in double A's. <laughs> you know, high school is just so fun, Hell man. Yeah. And then when you get to college, it's such a different ball game because those guys are so freaking good. You know, at the yes. at, at Division Three level, you know, 
to wrestling is the one sport, you know, at any level, these guys are good. It's not like, oh, it's an NAIA team. No, these guys are extremely national three-time champs, you know, at any level in wrestling. So wrestling is is the ultimate sport, man, especially to go do it in college. I applaud those guys. Cause, and then there's not a lot of opportunities for it as well. You know, there are not a lot of scholarships. You know, so football just had the bigger opportunity for me to go on and, uh, and, and you know, educational and you know, athletic careers. What do you walk around at? You're friggin' huge. You have to have at least 150 pounds of my bitch ass. Like, what's what's your weight? I'm around, uh, I walk around, I walk around around 260. Uh, you know, I like to get around two, 250. I like to be about 250, 249, 250, 255 ish for my fights. I use, but I walk around around 260. How do you see yourself stacking up against the current crop of heavyweights in the UFC? Oh uh, man, I, I definitely, I, I definitely watch those guys, and and I've, I see myself, you know, I see myself as a true contender, you know, in this sport. I wouldn't have gotten to this if I if I did it, you know. But at the end of the day, man, uh, timing is everything, you know. So I, I don't really even. I look at those guys and I watch film and I watch. And I just keep it moving, you know, and I just go back to the drawing board and keep training, you know, because my time will come when, uh, you know, like, oh, man, this kid, you know, but I know that I know the work that I put in. And, and that's why I had a a time, you know, when the time comes and we're talking about those guys, we will talk about them. But right now they're there and I'm here, you know, and I just got to just keep doing what I'm doing and then I'll be there. And. With this, you know, the five-year plan in place, let's talk about what's after this fight instead. You guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Um, what, what's next for you after this fight? You know, let's give the win-loss or draw scenarios here. Uh, definitely going to win, and then uh, I'm going to just go on to the next win. Uh, that's where we're at right now. We just want to just take it a, a step at a time. Uh, so after this fight, I'll go on to my, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board, you know, clean up some things, and then go on to the next fight. I'm going to just take it a fight at a time until we get to the top. And is there any names on the tip of your tongue that maybe you'd like for your next fight, or just feed them as they come? Yeah, but I'll just beat them as they come and then just keep growing in the sport, you know, and growing, and growing my skills in MMA. I absolutely love it. And once again, I want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, we're at the point in the interview where I'd like to give you an opportunity to give your shout-outs to family members, you know, friends, coaches, and sponsors, or anybody that's really helped you during your journey in mixed martial arts. Yeah, I would like to just, you know, thank everybody that's been with me on this journey. You know, my, uh, you know, Phoenix Therlay Systems, uh, you know, my big sponsor. Um, you know, my management, uh, you know, uh, Sucker Punch, Brian Butler, you know, uh, I like to take 47 May, you know, they spent a lot of time in, on me, you know, with Coach Saif, you know, uh, and uh, Stephen Wright, you know, at War Room Kickboxing, you know, I've been doing a lot with those guys, and, you know, my, my girlfriend, she helped me meal prep for this fight, <laughs> you know, uh, we, she, she cooked the meals for me that I ate for this fight, so, you know, definitely ready to go out there and make it happen. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, man. It just, uh, I just been embracing the journey, man. And just, uh, just taking a day at a time. Well, man, thank you again for coming on. And, uh, we wish you all the best of luck this Friday night. Hopefully you go out there and take the guy out very quickly so you can get on to what's next for you. Um, like we said, thanks again for coming on. Come on anytime you get time with us. Uh, we would love to sit down again with you, man. For sure. All right, ladies no and problem, gentlemen. No problem, man, for sure, man, and I, I enjoy you guys. 
Excellent. Thank you, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Thank motor, Muhammad Usman. Are you looking for a new MMA website to check out? Then get over to MMARecords.com. For the latest news, analysis, videos, in-depth blogs, fighter interviews, and more. From the local shows to the UFC, MMARecords.com has you covered. You can find MMA Wreckage on social media, on Twitter, at MMA Wreckage, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MMA Wreckage. So stay up to date with all things MMA at MMARecords.com. All right, Waleed, we've got you back, man. Here we go for UFC London. We've got a really, you look at it, it's actually a pretty stacked card. Uh, you know, starting off with Mike Grundy coming in there, take it on. I'm not even going to try to butcher that guy's name. Well, Lee, that's why you're here. What's this guy's name? Yeah. Nad Narimani. So. Nad Narimani. Yeah, Nad Narimani. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So this is the first fight of the card, and uh, yes, uh, we start uh, first uh, things with uh, and uh, he's from England, I believe. Is uh, not the uh, Narami, so you know to get to the crowd pop and stuff like that. So it starts with uh, fucking the English guy, you know. But the the real thing about this card, I believe, is uh, that in the main first we're going to talk about the. The prelims, but in the main card, it's a uh, it's like a tournament for the for the welterweight for, for welterweight guys. Yeah, but yes. first there's uh, some exciting fights in the the prelims. Uh, there's one, uh, Randall. You're actually very excited about one fight. Can you please tell us uh, about who are you excited? Oh, so the one on the prelims. I'm super yeah. excited for Joe Duffy versus Mark DeCasey. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Mark DeCasey personally. Um, yeah. I just think the guy's an outstanding talent to watch, and he's always excited, and he never has a boring fight. Yeah, true, but... Uh, he's fucking uh, elusive, too. Yeah, but, but I have just one question, you know, like, uh, do you play the UFC uh, UFC 3 game? I believe uh, Ben played it. Play, ben, you played it? Uh, yeah. So, yes, sir. Abbott player. He's like, he's like a big thing, you know, in the game, like... Uh, because he's an up upcoming uh, superstar, and you know he's young, and uh, he lost his, his last three fights. Like, uh, is he that good? See, listen. I mean, he was against some killers in those fights, though. I mean, Jacaro yeah. Close, Dan Hooker, those aren't slouches there. And I mean, he lost to Jacaro Close by a split decision. I mean, but before that, he's had three fights in the UFC. Two of them were finishes. One was a decision, and he looked and fuck him amazing in those two fights. Yeah, you know, I know, but uh, you know, when you see that he lost, uh, I don't. I think that his ground game is not that good because he lost to Dan Hooker. I, I remember the guillotine choke. Dan Hooker looked amazing in that fight, and you know, Joe Duffy is uh, submission. Uh, is a uh, yeah, his uh, ground uh, game is uh, pretty pretty good. So I, I don't know. I believe Duffy's gonna win. But we haven't seen Duffy fight in so long. His last fight was when George Saint Pierre won the title. I mean, that's how long ago it was, and he beat he lost to James Vick. Um, yes. I mean, outside of losing to big names and beating Conor McGregor, what the fuck has Joe Duffy done? I don't know, but he's. I think he was. Pretty good to, because uh, he's been around like uh, forever. Uh, we, uh, 
he's been in the UFC since 2015 and he fought, he won, he lost, yes, but uh, you know, he's good. Like, uh, we know, we know What other fights in the prelims, Waleed? What else jumps off the page to you? So, in the prelims, let's see, you know, there's the fight before the main card, Arnold Allen against uh, Jordan uh, Rinaldi, yes. yes, so that fight is pretty good, I think that we need to watch uh, Arnold, Arnold uh, Allen because he's uh, 30, and, uh, 30 win, 1 loss. Yeah, Jordan so, Rinaldi sent Jason Knight back in his last fight, correct? Yeah, I believe so, yes. So, yeah, that's pretty good fights, you know, but the thing, the, the fights will uh, get, you know, better and better every way when uh, we go to the main card and we start things with Jack Marshman against John Phillips. Ben, what do you think about this fight? See, it, it's a very interesting fight for me. Uh, you said Jack Marshman versus uh, John Phillips. I've got Jack Marshman in this fight personally. Or, uh, yeah, just for the simple fact is uh, he, he's coming off the two uh, two fight losing streak right now. Antonio Carlos or yeah, Antonio Carlos Jr. and Carl Robertson. Uh, one of those being a finish. I just think he's. If you look at some of the training videos, you know, some of the things he's put out on social media. I think there's a fire lit under his ass. And we're going to see a whole new breed here. Uh, nothing against John Phillips. I'm just, I'm on this hype train here. Yeah. Someone from Wales is going to win this fight. That's all I know. Yeah. Uh, and they have, like, uh, uh, John Phillips is 21 win, 8 losses. Uh, Jack Marshman is 22 win, 8 losses. They both lost. lost very equally matched. Yeah, I believe the, the one who's going to win is going to keep going in the UFC, and the other one may be going to get the axe. Claudio Henrique de Silva fights Danny Roberts in the very next fight of the night. Uh, Henrique de Silva is 12-1. Danny Roberts is 16-3. and uh, Wally, how do you see this fight playing out? So, I believe that uh, Claudio Henrique de Silva is going to win this fight because... Uh, he fought like he fought Nordin Talib in uh, UFC uh, uh, the, the fight where the fight card when uh, Thompson fought Till and uh, Nordin Talib is very good so he got a W against him he won by submission so I believe that uh, I believe that he's gonna win this fight but who knows he's in England he's Brazilian he's fighting a, a guy from England who knows what's gonna happen you know don't go to the decision that's all I have to say yeah. Yeah, don't England's one of those mistake. places you don't want to be fucking in a decision yeah, against an Englishman. It. But they are right, you know, because the 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 English guy, if they go to Brazil, they're gonna get fucked. So yeah, you know, it's yeah. the same. Let let them get their revenge. Jose Conyones is fighting Nathaniel Wood. The prospect has looked amazing since oh joining God. the UFC. He's, the what what he did to Andre Ewell his last time out was a absolutely stunning. Yeah, he's on a two-fight winning streak in the UFC. Uh, outside of the UFC, he's won his last seven fights. And, I Unbeaten mean, the, the guy's years. just been on a fucking roll. I really feel like his nickname is really fitting. He is definitely a prospect in this 135-pound division, and he's a prospect that everyone needs to keep their eyes on. 
streak i believe maybe he's gonna continue winning maybe and who knows we will see what the prospects will accomplish now if you want to talk about prospects this next guy right here is definitely one of the hottest prospects in the light heavyweight division dominic the dominator reyes is taking on vulcan ozdemir and essentially this could be who fights jones next a lot of, a lot of people are saying tiago santos but if Volkan Ozdemir or Dominic Reyes go out there and put on an impressive performance, they could see themselves across from John Jones next. Well, I'm not so sure yeah. that would be true. Yeah, it's going to be Santos. You know, you jo Johnny Walker maybe is in the mix. Maybe he's going to fight for against John Jones because uh, he's very exciting to watch. So I don't know. But uh, the if Dominic Reyes gets out of this fight... I would like to see a Johnny Walker versus Dominic Reyes fight. Yeah, shit. That would be a good fight. Yeah. I just don't know if the UFC will do it yet because they're both very high-touted prospects. I mean, that's the only way. Yeah, but... Uh, the, the, the... Yes, man? That's the way it should be. They should be putting these, these prospects against each other. I feel like they're going to wait yeah, to do it when one of them has a title on them. John Jones's time in the light heavyweight division is very numbered. I really feel like heavyweight is his next adventure, and I feel like he's going to take that jump sooner rather than later. Maybe yes, but he was his uh, he was his guy. Like he had, true, he has a fucked up life, but for his career. <clears throat> Picking fights, he's been. He, he never took something dangerous. He didn't even want to fight uh, Chelsea at some point. So uh, I don't know. He didn't I, want to fight Chelsea. He, like he, he will choose the good time, the perfect time. Maybe when Cormier uh, retires. There, there's rumors about into, uh, Rumble Johnson coming back to fight John Jones at heavyweight. Is it true? I you haven't heard, heard anything you heard about, about that. that. I know that he has a like a director's deal, I guess you can say, with uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting. He's like an ambassador for them. For I for do not yeah. think we see Rumble Jackson in the UFC ever again. I don't think he needs yeah. to do it. I think he makes enough money right now outside of fighting that we don't ever have to see him in the octagon again. Yeah, but is it He's about the money? He's selling weed, bro. Is is it about the money, or is it about will he get that itch? There's money or weed. Let's talk about Volkan Ozdemir. What do you think, guys? That he, guys do you think that he can win this fight? I've got. I Reyes feel like they rushed him, him too fast. I feel like if they would have let Volkan build himself up, he could have been very successful. Yeah. But giving him a title shot in a year might not have been the best decision the USC has made for his career. Now, granted, um, like we talked to Lex McMahon earlier in the show, and he talks about how great Vulcan has been for years. So do I think that he can sustain himself at the top of this division? I really think he can. Do I think that he'll ever yeah. be able to get over the hump and win a title? That will be remain to see. Because when you Maybe see like, like, like John Jones are done. 
his MMA record, like his first fight in the UFC against OSP, then he fought Misha, then Jimmy, and uh, he got uh, three wins, three, uh, three fights, three wins, three wins, and uh, he fought like uh, DC, and DC is in a, on another level. He told me, like, there's different levels yeah. to this shit, and you're going to see that. Yeah. He proved it. Absolutely. Yeah. And he lost to uh, Anthony Smith, and that's when Anthony Smith called out John Jones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, the, the Anthony Smith, uh, like, Ozdemir was still hurt uh, from the, the DC fight, I believe. Uh, and, and the next fight, there. though. We got Leon Rocky Edwards versus Gunnar Nielsen. Uh, sorry, did you say something about picks, man? Yeah. I've got Don Sorry, man, Reyes I didn't hear that. It. Who do you got? Reyes finished it in the second round. By how? TKO. And what about you, Wally? You got Reyes or uh, Volkan yeah, Osmir? I believe uh, I would go with the, with the Volkan Osmir. I think he will, he's going to win and shock the world, and he will be back uh, with the W. I'm going the Dominator. In a third round, come from behind knockout victory. Oh, come from behind. Yes. <laughs> now the next fight is the co-main event of the evening. And uh, like Wally alluded to earlier, it's a little start of a welterweight tournament, as if you may. Leon Rocky Edwards is going to be taking on Gunnar Nielsen. Uh, it's an amazing fight. Uh, Rocky, I believe, has only lost to what one guy in the UFC. Two yeah, guys, sorry. I believe he so. lost to the current champion Kamar Usman, and he's lost to Claudio Henrique da Silva in his very first UFC victor, very first UFC fight. So, outside of those two losses, he's looked amazing. Uh, some of the guys on his record right now: Vicente Luque, who we had on a couple weeks ago. Brian Bam Bam Barmerino, Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, Leon Rocky Edwards is taking fucking names in the welterweight division right now. Is Gunnar Nilsson another head that he's going to be able to place on his mantle? I don't know. Uh, uh, did you watch the the video that uh, he posted on Instagram, uh, Gunnar Nilsson? Like he, when he was dancing, like, <laughs> you did you see that or not? I did not see that. Yeah, man, I, I'm gonna send it to you after the, the after we record this uh, because uh, you need to see that and you will see that Gunnar Nelson is fucking ready for this fight. So Gunnar Nelson, yes, he he lost against Santiago. That fight for me was pretty fucked up because he got caught in the eyes like seventeen twice. times. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. There's no way I feel like they should run that fucking fight back. The fact that Ponzinibbio yeah. goes around act like that's a feather in his cap is bullshit. Yeah, so I, so yes, so that loss, that loss doesn't really affect his uh, status, I believe. But uh, I, I will, if I, I uh, if I'm gonna bet in this fight, I'm going, I'm gonna go with uh, Conor Nelson. I believe his ground game will maybe uh, give him the give him the advantage, and maybe he's gonna win by his mission. Ben, what about you, Ben? Who do you got? I can't really uh, disagree with you, Ali. I think that the the grappling credentials of Gunnar Nelson will be enough to take out Leon Edwards. I think he'll actually ground and pound it. It might be something similar to what we saw from, uh, you know, Nelson versus Oliveira, uh, Gunnar Nelson's last time out. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this to Gunnar Nelson. Uh, I'm actually going to probably say decision, though. 
I think Leon Edwards might be too tough for him to pound out of there. So I'm going to say by decision, but a dominant, you know, 30-27 unanimous decision. I'm going to say it's going to be a first-round knockout for Leon Rocky Edwards. And I feel like he is going to go on and face the winner of Masvidal, too. I like that. Yeah, bold prediction from a not-bold guy because he has great hair. Randall has great hair, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And I do. So let's go to the main event. The main event of the evening. Jorge Masvidal decided to stop doing Spanish soap operas and jump back in the octagon, and he is facing a gorilla, a killer gorilla in Darren Till. I don't think he's ready to face a guy like Darren Till. I mean, Darren Till is just, I think he's too... Bro, have you fucking seen his goddamn backyard fights, Masvidal's? Don't tell me Darren (laughs) Till. Come on, bro. My problem in this fight is, uh, is Darren Till going to be too big for Jorge Masvidal? Because we're talking about a guy who fought, who fights in welterweight but should be fighting in middleweight against a fight that used to fight in lightweight and he's fighting now in welterweight. So I believe that this is going to be big because these two guys that are going to strike. So I believe that's going to be a big advantage for Darren Till in this fight. If Jorge Masvidal is smart, he will not try to stand and bang with Darren Till. Uh, Darren Till's got fucking dynamite in his hands. Just ask Cowboy Cerrone. Um, yes. I really feel like this was kind of a bad matchup for Masvidal to take. Uh, I know he was pushing really hard for a Nick Diaz fight. That didn't come to fruition. Nick Diaz would rather party. Don't bother him anymore about yeah. fighting. I really feel like Darren Till's going to walk in there and take him out. And then it's going to set up a Liverpool versus, uh, where the fuck is Leon Rocky Edwards from? Is he from London? Well, it's going to set up a cross-England promotion. It's going to be fucking Leon Rocky Edwards taking on Darren Till in the next event in London. If if it happens, I believe that's going to be a great, great show. If you ask Leon Edwards, he will tell you that Darren Till has been ducking him for years. Maybe, I don't know. I don't think Darren Till is the kind of guy that duck people because uh, he's a killer gorilla. Do you think there's not a reason he hasn't fought Kamaru Usman yet? They've been talking a lot of shit back and forth on the internet for years. Yeah, but in that welterweight division, everybody is talking shit to everybody, you know. Everybody should fighting everybody. If you're going to do, let's do a battle royal, like WWE style, and toss every fucking welterweight there and let them fight, you know, but we can't do that, so. Kamar Usman still walks out with the strap. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't Fuck know. Colby Colby's going to beat him. Colby's going to beat him. Colby doesn't. So, let's so get we have a prediction for the fights. Yeah, and go first. I'm going to say tell decision. Tell decision. I will go with tail knockout. He's going to knock him out cold. Randall? First round knockout, Darren Till. 
Darren Till goes on to fight Leon Rocky Edwards, and it's going to be a dominating fight for Darren Till against Jorge Masvidal this Saturday at the O2 Arena, live on ESPN+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all, we, for the first time, I believe, we all agreed that we believe that Darren Till is going to win. <laughs> I, believe, I believe it's the first time that we did it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen much more often, folks. History here. Yeah. First time, last yeah. time. Well, lead man, thank you for joining us again. We're killing it bringing you on here. Uh, I, I, I will try to get you back for the recap of this card, and then the next time we're going to end up seeing you is going to be it's going to be a little next while. week recap, and then yeah. we'll see you in a couple of weeks. I thought. Yeah, after UFC goes to uh, Christ, I can't even remember. Yeah, we'll have you next week for the recap, and then. We got to show up in Prague, I believe, in a couple weeks. No, I think they already did their show there. I thought it was. Uh, oh, is it? I don't gonna, know. I'm going to pull I'm it up sick. before we're done here. Once my fucking slow internet decides it wants to stop fucking being a pile of garbage, we're going to get this accomplished. It is. Uh, let's see. Ooh, right here, Russia. Yeah, St. Petersburg. Russia. April 20th. 420. Wally's going to be in the house, bro. Oh, yeah. Little guy weed in France like us. Poor bastards. With his Brooklyn shirt on. Brooklyn represent. He wore that just for you, Ben. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Even though I live four fucking hours away from there. Like, we're good. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, at 4 a.m. I believe that my neighbor's going to fucking kill me tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. Fuck them. Hey, Wally's neighbor, go fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck you. You should be watching MMA and stop, you know, watching like I don't know what the fuck, what the fuck they are watching. The French guys. Oh, they're watching soft gay porn, bro. Yeah, soft porn, you know, the kind. We're that not talking about, about grappling matches. <laughs> they're not talking about jujitsu fights. <laughs> oh, I love you, Ben. I love you, brother. I love it. Yes, I said it. I said it in front of the whole world. I love you, brother. I love you too, Ali. That's the whole. Now, before the internet that. cuts us off, we're gonna have to wipe this one up quickly. Yeah, we've been blacklisted, ladies and gentlemen. Waleed, thank you for joining <laughs> us. Uh, thank you. We at the end brother. of the show already, Randall, or what's up here? Say it again. I said we at the end of the show, or what's up here? We are getting very close to the show. We're gonna shoot it to our sponsor, then when we get back, we'll do a quick little outro. All right, guys. Get this over to our sponsors. Yo, there's Ty Clark and Mr. MMA Wreckage. And joining us today, we have the Chief Operating Officer of Titan FC joining us today. Or I, I believe I said that right, correct? We have Lex McMahon joining us. Lex, how you doing today? Uh, it's Chief Operating Officer and dude who does every damn thing under the, the, the sun, man. I do it all in our company. So talk to us a little bit about what you do. Uh, you said you do it all. Uh, what are some of the bigger parts of your job? I mean, listen, one of the I'm responsible for the day-to-day -day operations uh, of the company. My partner Jeff Aronson uh, is engaged, uh, you know, a lot on kind of the high-level planning. Uh, we we get together kind of weekly and go through things, and he works on uh, some kind of big-level strategic things. And uh, I handle the day-to-day -day operational issues. I do the matchmaking, uh, deal with the commission. Uh, but I also do a lot of dealing with our, our, our partners in terms of our corporate partners and working on cultivating new uh, areas for us to take the brand to, like our show in Kazakhstan uh, this past December and 
And as I uh, kind of intimated to you, gentlemen, when we first got on the line, um, we're looking at doing some additional international shows. So I'm the guy who goes out and scouts those places and makes sure that we can, uh, you know, put on a great show and, and make good deals and make money. Tell us a little bit what it took for you guys to take Titan FC to Kazakhstan. You know, it, it was a big lift. Um, doing a show on the other side of the world in the, the Russian Caucasus was definitely not easy. Uh, but we, we had, uh, you know, a lot of good planning and, and some good partners on the ground that helped us, you know, kind of navigate the language issue, which was significant. Most everybody there only speaks Kazakh or Russian. I speak neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a team of translators and, uh, you know, but it, 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 the, the big thing was just dealing with, I think, the cultural changes and, holy shit, bro, there's like tons of smoke going on on your side. What's happening? Oh, that's my vapor. I, I vape. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm one of those. How's that? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I, I judge it, man. That's fact, just our sound. That's just our effects. Yeah. Do you know the difference? <laughs> do you know the difference between people who smoke and people who vape? I got nothing. What do you got, brother? People who smoke are idiots, and people who vape are douchebags. Okay. Well, but, you know. We'll take it. You know, continue. Yeah. So a little bit about your Kazakhstan's trip. A man who uh, was very successful that night, Juan Puerta, is going to be the man main eventing Titan FC 53. Tell us a little bit uh, what it was like to make the decision of having him rematch Gustavo Bovart on this card. You know, it was that's honestly been a fight in the making since they fought the first time. Um, where uh, Bovart was supposed to be in Kazakhstan, and he ran into some visa difficulties. Uh, really, like the week of the fight, which was unfortunate. But, you know, uh, Puerta put on an amazing performance uh, against Kazbek Azimov, who's a very tough uh, competitor from Kazakhstan. And, and he, you know, earned the right to say kind of who he wanted to fight. And, and there's a lot of bad blood between Bilart and Puerta, and, and both guys wanted to fight one another. So, you know, given that this fight is taking place here in uh, South Florida, it really makes a ton of sense. Gustavo has basically all of Cuba in his corner. <laughs> And uh, Puerta has everybody from ATT that sports in the ATT nation is very strong. So, you know, we'll have a packed house. Uh, that energy for that fight, I think, is going to be incredible, especially since, you know, at our last event, there was a bit of uh, a scuffle in the cage after, after yes. uh, you know, uh, Bilart won his fight. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, an exciting fight. And that matchup, again, that was easy to make, man. Yeah, I know Juan uh, Puerto, when we interviewed him, he spoke about all the Cubans that Gustavo Bilart had there, and he said it was like 9-1 his guys for his guys. And Juan Puerto, he said he kind of thrived on that, and he kind of hoped it was going to be kind of similar this time when he knocks him out again. Yeah, I, I think so, man. Um, you know, he does thrive off of that kind of, I don't want to say it's negative energy, but he, he thrives off that level of competition and, and kind of uh, – Believe it or not, even though he knocked out the the Bilart uh, the last time, he's still kind of the underdog, which is surprising to me. But uh, it's a big it's a big fight for both guys. Um, a lot's on the balance. I think there's big opportunities ahead for whoever wins that fight. Uh, I know it's going to be super exciting, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it, and, and hopefully our fans get to have a you know another hell of a fight on their hands because the, the last time they fought was a great fight. Frankly, Bilart was winning uh, until uh, Puerta caught him with one knee and then he got again a little bit later with that second knee and put him out um but i think it'll be a great fight for sure 
Well, yeah, you even heard Kamar Usman during that fight calling for that knee, and Puerta landed it perfectly on Gustavo Bilar. But like you were saying, it was a back-and-forth fight. It's going to be an amazing five rounds on Friday. You know, what, I, what I'm excited to see is how Gustavo has evolved because because of his, his height challenge. You know, yeah. I mean, he's... Honestly, the shortest fighter I've ever seen. I, I was telling Ben if he was five foot nine, we'd be talking in the same length as we talk as Henderson. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, for sure. But because of his height challenges, the way he throws his punches leaves him susceptible to shots up the middle, whether it be a knee or an uppercut. And so I'm curious to see how he has learned about that and what he's going to do to mitigate that and, and try to tilt things in his favor again. Because there's no question that's what Pilar's gonna, or uh, is gonna go for is the shots up the middle. And see, I'd like to co- I get a comment from you about a fight that would jump off the page to me here, but there's so many of them. I mean, you've got the the co-main event. I, I believe that's the interim welterweight title on the line there, Jared uh, Gooden versus Mike Graves. And uh, can you talk to us a little bit about you know maybe the the controversy that went into booking the Mike Graves fight? I know that there was a lot of people that. Uh, you know, are not fans of him due to his past and things like that. Is that something that uh, was difficult to, you know, do booking no, this fight? Or? No, not at all. I mean, here's the thing. I've known Mike Graves for uh, years, and he made a horrendous mistake, and he's had to live with that. And But I had him fight for me in Kazakhstan, and prior to that, and prior to signing him to a new promotional deal, he and I had a heart-to-heart. I heard, you know, kind of his side of things, and um, while it doesn't condone and i don't think he seeks you know people to forgive him I, I think he does deserve an opportunity to move forward and earn a living i mean listen man greg hardy's in the ufc you know there's yeah. other people that that have made horrendous mistakes like it's it's unforgivable it really is but that said everybody is entitled to a second a second chance and i think mike has done the right thing man he's kind of he's stayed low and 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 not the negative in the media every time, you know, like I, in fact, I talked to him about promoting, promoting the fight and Gooden's come at him pretty hard. And, yes. and Very I, hard. I don't want to respond aggressively because of how people perceive me, you know, can I do something funny? And I was like, yeah, bro, you do whatever you feel comfortable with, you know? So, I mean, my point is that that's part of his consciousness is that he, you know, he has to think about how he's perceived publicly. But at the end of the day, um, he he is a good person, and, and I, I say that having known him for many years, and I, I vouch for him. I don't forgive his conduct, but I do vouch for him as a person who's who's grown from that mistake. And I, I tell you one thing: he's a hell of a fighter. And, mm-hmm. and this, we're not playing chess here, right? This is two dudes getting in the cage, getting ready to, to to bang it out. And you know, turns out he's pretty good when it comes to that aspect of things. Oh yeah, uh, and I think he's growing as a person on the, the issues outside of the cage. And that was one of the things. Yeah, definitely. We... And the one thing, the one thing I always commend him for is, is he doesn't hide from it, and he's not afraid to talk about it, and he's very. Uh, yeah, he's he very understands open. the situation and, and what was wrong. One hundred percent. Yeah, that was one of the things we discussed at length when he was on the show, and it really, like you said, he's he's not a bad guy. Um, with this fight, what was what was the deciding factor to make it the interim title fight versus Euros Jurfak, who's the, the the current champion, is injured and is out for some time, and he's a guy who 
is an incredible fighter, super exciting. Uh, just won the title right before he got injured. I, I, I didn't want to strip him because he earned the right to be a champion. Uh, so the interim title made sense. Um, I, I didn't want to hold the division up. And let's be honest, Mike Graves versus Jared Gooden, that's a title fight all day long. That's a hell of a fight. Yeah, that's, I think, going to be fight of the night, like, if I were to pick one. So, you know, it was a pretty easy, you know, um, thought process for me, understanding where Euros was in terms of his recovery and, and the length of time he would be out, and uh, the fact that I did not want to strip him because he, he busted his ass to become our champion and had really earned it, and, you know, the quality of the fight that, that uh, I think we're going to get out of Graves versus good, easy decision. Have you talked to Euro about the possibility of him fighting Michael Graves if Michael does win the title? Yeah, I mean, listen, they're ATT guys, and those guys really try to avoid not fighting one another uh, whenever possible, and I respect that, and I, I don't push it. But at the end of the day, um, it, it, this would be a unique situation, and, you know, one's gonna if Mike ends up being the, the interim champ and Euro comes back and, and he's the reigning champ, that fight has to happen. There's no kind of two ways about it. Um, and, and the folks at ATT have said, listen, under you know unique circumstances, we get it. This would certainly, I believe, fall into that category. And, and I think you know we wouldn't get too much pushback in having that fight happen. And here's the other thing. Mike doesn't train at ATT headquarters uh, on a regular basis. He, he trains up at ATT Gwinnett up in uh, Atlanta with Zhukao and, and that whole crew. Um so while there's a lot of loyalty and, and there's certainly some familiarity, they are separate gyms, separate entities. Um, they just kind of all wave, wave the same flag. And another one of those uh, things on this card that really I'm, I'm really excited for is the Gilbert Burns, Glayson Tebow grappling bout that you have scheduled. Oh, my God, what a phenomenal way to just – it's almost like a cherry on top of a perfect card in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm excited for it, man. And here's the thing, like, you know, I know MMA really well. I, I know uh, kickboxing really well. Um, the, the unique thing about the, about the grappling is I don't know that it's as well. You know, it's not, it's not the particular, you know, I, I'm not a BJJ practitioner. Um, you know, I wrestled some when I was in high school, but to be honest, wasn't very good. Um, so I don't hold myself out to be someone who, who, who's a grappler. So what I did was I went and talked to the subject matter experts, you know, guys that really understood grappling. And in particular, I like Gleason and, and in particular Gilbert uh, and Jay-Z Cavancante and guys like that who, you know, are, are really big names in, in the grappling world. I had them help me figure out the rule sets. And, and, and some of it's borrowed from Eddie Bravo and, and what he's done. And some of it we crafted uniquely to, to our own to create a, a little bit faster-paced uh, matchup. Um, one of the things that's going to be unique is there are going to be open-hand slaps um, on the feet. That's exciting. You should have seen T-Bow's face. I, I just got done watching a promotional video that's going to go out on Wednesday. And he's like, yeah, new rules, new rules, open hand. And he's like ecstatic. You know, He's so excited about the idea. And um, but these guys, they, they feel like they have some ownership into it because they, they helped create the rule set. So I think it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. The whole thing is, you know, no submission or, uh, you know, it's submission only. And it's an eight minute round. And there's there's slaps, open hand slaps from the, from the feet. 
Uh, and if we go to, we don't have a submission in the, the eight-minute period, we go to sudden death. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's definitely going to be fast-paced, and these guys are going to be moving. So it won't be a match that goes on forever that I think some people get. That's, you know, the, the negative hit who, for people who don't understand the grappling arts as well. They're like, ah, you know, it's not as exciting. They're, they're rolling around in their pajamas on the ground. No, nah, man. <laughs> I don't see it lasting longer than three eight, minutes. Yeah, I mean, these dudes are amazing athletes, and yeah. high-level, you know, grapplers, high-level fighters, and I think this rule set will make it very exciting and push the pace. So uh, even just a casual fan who doesn't understand the nuances of, of grappling will be uh, excited by it. And it's going to be our feature bout, so it'll be uh, right before the Coleman event. So, you know, the energy will be good. There'll be, you know, we've already had some great fights, and then we'll roll into that, and they'll – that match will tee up the Coleman event, which is going to be a banger. So we're, you know, we're looking forward to be a, a, a big part of the, the fight night for us. Well, as somebody who's guys whose favorite part of the sport play? is grappling. I'm sorry, Rand. I'll let you go. I'm sorry. I'll let you no, go. It's, it's all good, brother. Do you guys plan on having more grappling matchups like this in the future? Yeah, 100%. It, it's, I think um, this is our initial kind of, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not a subject matter expert. I don't hold myself out. Man, I understand MMA, and I understand it really, really well. And I understand kickboxing really well. But, you know, I'm learning grappling. And that's why I relied on these subject matter experts to help me make sure we refine the rule sets. So it was our intent that we would, we would start out and, you know, kind of put our toe in the water, make sure we get it right, make sure the rules you know, are, are, are right, make sure that we get the right competitors in place. Maybe do that once or twice, and then once we feel comfortable, then we're going to blast it out with a full card. You know, and we're going to do a lot of fun stuff. I mean, the, the, whole, the great thing about mixed martial arts is it really touches all the combat sports, right? And so that opens up for me and my partner Jeff as promoters the ability to look at all these various forms of mixed martial arts and martial arts to, to look at as promotional opportunities. And with a partner like the UFC and UFC Fight Pass, who's asking for a lot of different content, we're only incentivized to, to you know, bring different types of content to the fan. Um, I think at some point you're going to see us mix additional you know, styles, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised you know, to see that very soon. We, we've, we've kind of mapped it out, you know, but the first thing is we're always going to stick to our core competency of mixed martial arts. Um, that's what our fans have come, come to know us for, putting on amazing fights. I mean, and having great talent, we've put over 75 fighters in the UFC in the past three and a half years. Um, so we're going to continue to do that, but we're also going to begin to expand out into these other product offerings such as combat uh, grappling. And uh, what I was going to say there before I interrupted Randall, I'm sorry about that again. Uh, as somebody whose favorite part of the sport is the grappling, the jujitsu, thank you for doing this. And the reason that I say that is because, it, like you said, it's going to open the casual fans' eyes to see that, okay, so when they're, they're in the clinch in the cage or they're on the ground, they're not just laying there being lazy. There's an actual, you know, you said it's not chess, but in a way it's almost like a game of chess. You know what I mean? And it makes it that much more interesting for the casual fans. So thank you for no, doing that. Because I, mean, I, I think it's something that... Hopefully, it's going to open up. I mean, yes. listen, I talked to Fight Pass. They tell me that, you know, the Eddie Bravos, Polaris, mm -hmm. they're all doing great numbers. And part of it is because there is a niche, you know, and that that's opening up. 
in terms of people being interested in it. And also the hardcore fans are very hardcore. They're, they, they're into it. And, and so I think that that's a good combination of, of new fans coming and a really strong existing fan base. And with two huge names like Gilbert Burns and Glayson Tebow to be in there for that, it just makes it that much better. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't want to start with, you know, um, two guys that people didn't, you know, respect a ton for their grappling, grappling prowess. You know, we had to have big names. We had to have people that were, you know, really well respected and, and that were kind of household names, certainly within the grappling world. And I think we've done so I'm, I'm excited to see what it brings. And you know, like I said, we'll learn from it and we'll get better and we'll continue to put on great fights to the point where we get to the point where we're putting on, uh, you know, grappling only uh, cards as part of our product offering. Now, uh, one thing that's kind of a staple for Titan FC, especially when you have cards in Florida, is the newly crowned welterweight champion, Kamara Usman, is on commentary. Is he going to uh, be able to make it out to this Friday's event? I understand he's pretty busy at this point. You know what? Kush is um, he's a good friend, man, and, and we're so fortunate to have um, you know him be a part of, of what we do at Titan. Um, he loves doing it. He will be a part of, you know, our broadcast booth for, for a long time going forward. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on this particular uh, uh, episode or this upcoming fight. Uh, I should know later today or tomorrow. He's got some you know, things he's working around that, you know, he has these obligations now as the champ. Uh, but his brother is fighting on the card, so I feel yes. pretty good that, that that's going to be helpful for my cause. <laughs> No, definitely. That's what I was going to transition to next, Mr. Mohamed Usman. Uh, he just signed a four-fight deal with you. We're going into the first fight. Uh, what do you see the future of Mohamed Usman and Titan FC is? Well, you know, I mean, it's exciting because, uh, like his brother, he is is very um, athletic, and you know, he comes from a football background. He's a big, strong dude. Can move fast. Um, so that athletic prowess, I think, will serve him well. Uh, he's still developing as a mixed martial artist, but, you know, he, he's got obviously a great mentor in his brother who understands, you know, the ropes very well. Um, he has some great coaches around him out of Texas, and he, he comes and, and trains, you know, periodically with some of the best coaches and, and fighters, you know, in the world. He has really because of his brother the ability to access the best training partners, the best coaching, you name it. Um, but I, I'm excited – to see him stand on his own, um, you know, his own credibility. And I, I try very hard. You know, it's, it's difficult, obviously, um, to not mention his brother when having a discussion about Muhammad. But I try very hard not to. I try to market him on his own. I don't ever really market anything about, oh, you know, Cameron Usman's brother, Muhammad. It's always Muhammad <laughs> Muhammad Usman. I, I think he's going to be, you know, a champion for us. I think we may, you know, let's see how this first fight or two goes. And, and if he performs the way I anticipate he's going to perform, you know, we'll we'll put up the, the title for the heavyweight division. We haven't done that, you know. So that would be something that, you know, if you've got the right athletes to do it, then we'll do it. And I, I honestly think that, that, you know, Mo has the ability because of his, his pedigree, because of his athleticism, Yes, uh, he, that athleticism is ridiculous. You know, I think he's only a couple fights from the UFC if he looks dominant. You know, so 
And you mentioned the UFC, and one thing I always give uh, my props to Titan FC for is in the clause of their contracts for their fighters, there's a Zufa out. Um, What gave you guys that idea to give fighters that option? You know, at the end of the day, my partner Jeff and I were really kind of thinking, all right, well, here we are. How are we going to differentiate ourselves? What are we going to do that allows us to attract the best talent possible um, and work within our budget and, you know, all of those things? And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, man, Technicy, we've done some great things. We've grown it considerably. You know, we put it in front of 11,000 people in a sold-out arena in Almaty, Kazakhstan. Pretty good from the, the beginnings that, that, that uh, Titan had. Um, but... The reality is, man, we don't have these massive deep pockets. I mean, I run a, a profitable business, and I treat it as a business. So I don't have tons of discretionary dollars to throw at, at you know, signing crazy fighters. or do, You know, so I have to be very strategic in our approach to things. And when we looked at the Zufa Out Clause, it was something that we knew we could get fighters to come to us because – a, I've got a reputation for, for working for the fighters, you know, first as a manager for, for many years, then transitioning over to running Titan. So, I mean, Volkano Ozdemir is a great example. About a week and a half before he was supposed to fight for me in a number one contender fight, I picked up the phone and called Mick Maynard because I heard they had an opening, and I said, Mick, you got to sign this dude. He should be in the UFC right now. It's a crime that he's not. Trust me, take him right now. Mick trusted me, and he took him. And, um, you know, he Vulcan went on to have an amazing uh, first year in the UFC. You know, he ended up in the title fight within a few fights. So pretty incredible. And, you know, that's kind of what I use as our sales proposition is I tell guys, listen, man, I will be your biggest advocate. I will fight my ass off to help you get into the UFC, work with your management team, work with your coaches. I will do everything. I will showcase you and tell your story on air during our broadcast. And... I will make phone calls if it means losing a fight right beforehand. I'll do that if it helps you get in. And because we've taken that approach, we signed some amazing talent that, frankly, we would not be able to sign otherwise. Um, but they believe in me, and they believe in, in, in what Titan and my partner Jeff and I do and, and our ability to, to help fighters you know, progress to the next level. So it was, a, it was a strategic decision, and I think it's worked out pretty well for us. Now, um, I hate to kind of put you on the spot, but if the UFC does get rid of the 125-pound division, will the fighters in that division in your promotion have the option to get an out to go somewhere else, like a 1FG? You know, that's, a, that's something we're examining for sure. Um, I, I want to help guys grow. And if a guy can make five times more money somewhere else at the very next level, and I have the ability to help you know, I'm inclined to do so. Uh, it's very rare that I say no to things. Um, but the UFC is our partner. You know, I mean, they're our strategic partner. They're our broadcast partner. And so I, I have to, you know, kind of just balance everything out. But it's definitely something we're looking at. And I think uh, we'll treat it on a case-by-case basis for, for the moment and, and you know, see where things go. But I, I, I think, you know, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I always try to do what's right for the, for the athletes. And, you know, if there's an opportunity, I'm going to try uh, to help them move along. 
And what are some thought? You know, some of the things that led you to make this uh, amazing card? Because I think it's one one of my, in my opinion, one of the best that you've had so far, as far as the names right down on the bottom. When it, when it comes to the rankings, I'm looking at the, you know the topology listings. I'm I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, we're we're fortunate, man. We've got some incredible talent here in in South Florida that comes from all over the world. Because you've got gems like American Top Team, Hard Knocks 365, MMA Masters, uh, Freestyle Fighting Academy, literally the best fighter from a given country will come train at one of these gyms and ask me to fight. So it makes my job fairly easy. I just yeah. got to do a decent job in making matchups. I've got a tremendous talent pool. We bring people in when it's required. You know, I mean, I think on this upcoming card, if I'm not mistaken, we have athletes represented uh, 10 countries. Uh, and so truly, I mean, like, you know, our current champ uh, at welterweight, Euro Strosik. Europe's the best dude in Slovenia, hands down. All right? Well, he, he's my champ. You know, I get, you know, Babit Nazarov, best dude in Kazakhstan. I got him, you know. It's, it's kind of that sort of thing where we get these amazing athletes from all over, and, they, and they're here. And I'm able to capitalize off of it because we have this tremendous platform with UFC Fight Pass. And so I get the best dude from whatever country he's from or whatever town he's in or whatever. And, and you know, we put them on this platform and let them do their thing. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's just a matter of matchmaking at that point. Now, you talk about this deep and rich talent pool. Tell us uh, what you have in store for us for Titan FC 54. You know, it's, I'll tell you, there's going to be at least two title fights. Um, we're going to announce a lot of it on Friday night during the fights. Uh, we're going to have some interviews that are going to come up. Um, we're going to have a pretty significant special guest uh, that will be visiting us um, and spending the night watching our fight. So there's a lot of cool things going on. Unfortunately, as much as I want to, I can't kind of tip it yet. We're going to hold it until Friday. Um, but I, I will tell you that a lot of our kind of marquee um, names that you've seen over the past four or five fight cards, they're going to be, all of them are going to be on this fight card, plus some new ones that are, I mean, we're talking monsters that are 10-1, and 12-0, I mean, guys that are just amazing. Um, I don't think at present we have a uh, WMMA card or fight on the card, unfortunately. It just hasn't worked out that way. Um I love it when the girls fight because they, they put on great fights. We've got a great matchup on Titan 53 with uh, Celine Anderson versus Lucy Berthold. Um I, I just haven't been able to find the right matchup for, for Titan 54 yet. But I will tell you, it's, it's going to be sick. And as soon as we announce it, uh, you know, I'll come back on and we can chat about that in depth. Because as good as this card is, that card's going to be even better. Excellent. We're definitely going to hold you to that one. Yeah, no worries, man. No worries. Happy to do it. And so one thing I wanted to ask uh, real quick before we, you know, wrap things up here is you have, what is it, I believe you have two women's MMA classes right now? They're strong sorry, flyweight? You have women's strong and women's flyweight, correct? For uh, weight you know, classes? I, we, we kind of got, we got away from really focusing on any divisions for the most part. The reality is Shannon Knapp does an incredible job at Invicta uh, in populating whole divisions. And honestly, she's got most of the talent, right? Mm -hmm. So 
it's hard for me to, to, to create full divisions. So I just look for great fights. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, we tried the whole, you know, we've had a couple of champions in the female. Um, you know, we put some female fighters into the UFC, you know. Um, but the, the reality is I think what's exciting for us is to be able just to find the best fight possible and, and showcase those, those women and help them, you know, kind of take the next step up. Um, like I said, Shannon does an incredible job with that Invicta, and, and I give her so much props because she was visionary and understood that there was a space available for the gals to fight, and she kind of opened the door. And, you know, it's great for us to be able to put some, some female fights on the cards because the fans love them. Um, we just, you know, our, our focus is kind of more broad and uh, – because Shannon's got so many great fighters under contract, you know, I, there's not really enough between, you know, the UFC and Shannon uh, for us to populate whole divisions. Now, does the Titan FC have any future plans right now for a middleweight title or a light heavyweight title fights? Um, we do. Um, they're on the horizon pretty soon. You know, it. <clears throat> the bigger guys, once you get past 170, uh, the quantity of quality fighters begins to drop off pretty significantly. Yes. So I've really, that's why you see constantly from us, you know, so many, and also because of our proximity to, to Latin America, um, we've got so many smaller division guys um, that are so amazing, you know, like some of our best fights are flyweight and bantamweight fights all the time, like all the time. And they're incredible fights. Um, and we get finishes in the, in the flyweight division a lot. You know, guys like Shorty Torres who is going in and knocking dudes out, just not even knocking them out, like crumbling them, just destroying them. Um, you know, Gustavo Blart just had a great finish. I mean, we've had tons of guys have great finishes uh, in the flyweight division. Um, so there's just a ton of talent in those, you know, 125 to, to welterweight. Um, but I've got my eyes on some guys, and I've been getting, you know, a lot of, you know, um, I don't want to say pressure, but a lot of interest from the fans to to begin to crown uh, champs in those divisions. I think, you know, listen, if you, there's a couple of fighters that are like Muhammad Usman that are on the horizon for us in the heavyweight division um, that could make that division really fun really quick. And, you know, so that's probably where I'd first uh, crown a champion is in that division and then work our way down to light heavyweight and to um, uh, middleweight. All right. Well, uh, at this point, I want to give you an opportunity to just kind of give any shout-outs to anybody. I mean, we usually give the, the fighters opportunities to give them to, like, sponsors and things like that. Is there anybody that you'd want to give a shout-out to? You know, I mean, honestly, uh, our fighters, our fighters bust their ass. They work so hard. I'm so proud of them. Um, without them doing what they do, I wouldn't have a product to put on. Um, I wouldn't have sponsors to get involved. Am I thankful for my sponsors? A thousand percent. You know, it's a 10 hair care. They're phenomenal for us. Uh, we're actually announcing a couple of new sponsors uh, starting tomorrow that'll be long-term multi-year partners. Um, so, you know, I, I'm certainly appreciative of uh, appreciative of everybody. But first and foremost, it's our fighters uh, and, and UFC and UFC Fight Pass, what they've done for us, uh, you know, in terms of giving us this platform and this ability to showcase, you know, these amazing stories and these amazing athletes. Uh, you know, to help them progress, man, because that's at the end of the day what this whole thing's about. 
Now, uh, one quick before we let you go, I just wanted to say thank you for your services. I know that you are a U.S. Marine veteran, so I just wanted to give you a quick shout out and say thank you for everything that you've done. Right on, brother. I, I appreciate that, man. It's uh, it's a big part of who I am as a person, and, and it's a huge part of what my philanthropic vision is and what the philanthropic vision of, of Titan is. It's, you know, we work closely with some of the organizations that I'm on the board of directors for that are military veteran nonprofits, such as A Hero, um, which is AHeroUSA.com, and it, you know, we literally we've we've helped five thousand veterans at A Hero. I've taken guys all over the world. I've taken guys to South Africa on a hunting trip. I've taken them to Denmark on, you know, kind of a, for lack of a better term, it's called Warrior Warrior Week, Denmark. But it's it's a vacation in Europe, you know, and for ten days with 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 uh, Danish veterans. I mean, amazing experience. And we've done all you know everything from I took Kyle Carpenter, who's a Medal of Honor um, recipient for the Marines. Uh, took him hunting and then have taken him to the UFC three times. And, you know, Dana has been so gracious to you know, give the kid amazing seats and take the time to talk to him and get to know him. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a big part of who I am. I think it's, it's important that we all do something to, to leave the world in a little bit better place. And uh, that's kind of my way of doing it is to give back to my brothers and sisters, man. So I, I, I appreciate the uh, acknowledgement on it for sure. Off, yeah, I grew up about a half a mile from the back gate of Camp Pendleton, so <laughs> I had to say something. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, know the area well, man. I was uh, spent a lot of time at SOI, fifty two area, and uh, you know, I went to boot camp down at um, MCRD San Diego, and then I was a uh, we call a Hollywood Marine, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that my brother was a Marine, and uh, I went to high school out there when. My mom moved us out there when he would join the military, so kind of worked out. I grew up in Oceanside. It was all fun. Yeah, man. Well, right on. Right on. I appreciate your brother's service. No, no. Th no thank you. Uh, but like we said, thank you for coming on. We can't wait for this weekend. Titan FC 53, live Friday night on UFC Fight Pass. Lex, thanks again, my man. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. All right, so here we are at the end of another phenomenal show. I want to take this opportunity to thank all of our sponsors and our guests, Isaiah, Wax, Kyle, Waleed, everybody right down to the last detail. I mean, I know I left somebody out there. I'm sorry. But, you know, Randall, thank you for uh, running the show with me. I want to thank everybody. Seriously, you guys are fucking awesome. Guys, Cage Wars 41, Saturday, April 6th from Rivers Casino and Resort. Get your tickets at cagewarsny.com. Other than that, Look out for us. We'll be back next week.